this episode of the Full Nerd Summer Q&A episode. Welcome to episode 265 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with Lenny Yee. Hello. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Well, hello. Happy Tuesday. Glad to be here. Welcome. Uh, we, we got all the, all the cool people in the chat ready to ask us all the questions that, that they can. Gordon, what, what are we doing today? We, it's, a, it's, it's that kind of like slow news uh, cycle right now. The summer, usually you don't get a lot of really super hot news. So we're just taking all questions. There are some uh, stuff already queued up, though. I'm seeing like for topics, PC Gaming Constitution, which I assumed was either related to the the sailing ship or the Constitution class starship, uh, Arrow Lake store etiquette. I'm Is that how you're supposed to act in a retail store? Like this is a Wendy's kind of thing, or that's well, not a store. A well, you, you Although will, they're called you stores, see. you notice that they don't call fast food restaurants restaurants; they call them stores. Uh, when, when I worked at Arby's, that was my first restaurant when I was fifteen. Uh, they they called it a quick service restaurant. Really? Yes. I think they're called stores, though, aren't they? Technically, I have no idea. Now it's been a while. Uh, but but before we get into the questions, I, I guess the first question is. Prime Day, Elena, you were definitely following it real hard. You get any good deals? You know what? It was kind of weird. I was outside of a impulse uh, SSD purchase. I didn't really buy that much technology. I actually bought more like organizational stuff. So like uh, cord uh, channels and like uh, cable clutter type things and um yeah, but the storage is really hard to resist. So, like, my beat this year was uh, against SSDs and hard drives. And there was, I mean, right now with NAND prices having plummeted, and then on top of that, adding Prime Day, it was it was nuts. Like, you could get a Samsung 870 Evo, like a SATA drive, but still, like, 80 bucks for that. And then there was NVMe drives that were almost the same price. Uh, so, Gordon, you purchasing four terabytes last fall yeah, <laughs> no, preemptive if you didn't if you haven't started using it yet that's the key right like if you use it immediately it doesn't feel bad but if you buy it because you're like i'm gonna put this in one of my rigs later on and then you don't you're like dang it i should have just waited yeah so for example i bought a samsung was it a 870 860 evo just a sata drive 870 yeah it was a four terabytes i think i paid 300 dollars for it and it was a pretty good deal at the time and yeah. I on, it was on sale for like one ninety one seventy one seventy. And then the thing is, like, uh, it wasn't like oh damn. But then they had an eight terabyte one. I was like, I get an eight terabyte drive, mm-hmm. which sort Same of. Price but then four. I started doing the math in my brain and started thinking, you know, that's really cool to have an eight terabyte SATA drive. You store games and all that. But then I realized, you know, SATA is so slow now and then i'm i'm basically even that four terabyte drive i'm using it for external you know bulk storage backup mm. and then i realized 300 dollars gets you a big ass hard drive and a lot of i know a lot of people kind of want to rule out hard drives but i started like do i do i buy an eight terabyte sata ssd for 300 dollars, or do i buy a 22 gigabyte 22 terabyte hard drive for essentially 
you know, about the same amount of money. It was really like a little more, but yeah, a little more, but it really is like, you know, I can, I can back up a lot of crap on a, you know, 22 terabyte hard drive. So it really kind of like made it. And then I actually started like, I kept looking at other junk that I don't need. And then, um, that's all of us. I was like, well, but I, I'm like, (laughs) I actually added a four terabyte, um, Samsung drive. No, no, it maybe it was a it may maybe a WD drive. It was a WD drive, and it was a pretty good deal at four terabytes. It might have been Samsung. So I mean, it was, it was a it was a it was a, it wasn't one of the low rent drives either. It was actually a, a decent uh, drive. Uh, and I was like, oh, four terabyte would be nice. But then, I even then I just kind of like that's this is kind of silly because I I realize with storage I always fall into that trap. And honestly, a lot of these de- these deals. You get into the trap of like, oh, it's on sale right now. I need to buy it. And again, I bought that four terabyte drive on sale. Now it's even cheaper. I don't know. I mean, if it the was bottom, on sale. It was, but I'm not sure the bottom has hit on storage because it just keeps going lower. So I'm like, I, mean, I, I pass on all storage. I don't disagree, but there is a difference between something hitting bottom because that's just where it's trending and something actually being on sale for a good price, given the context of the time. Yeah, I just kind of feel like it's it's going to keep going down. Instead, I bought this again. I talked about it earlier. I bought this little look. It's slick. It's kind of thick, a little thick, but it's a tiny ten inch touch panel. You know, it does HDMI and DisplayPort, but I'm using it with my phone and my laptop as a portable secondary panel, which is kind of neat. And then I bought a bunch of um, GAN chargers, which I need. You know, I'm just stupid like that, but I bought a bunch <laughs> of GAN chargers. So. This coming from the person who wrote an article about how you shouldn't buy a GAN charger for certain kinds of laptops. You know, that did make me laugh. You Whoops. know, and actually, the funny thing is, I, I think the reason is because people need that context because the way that, and I actually had somebody contact me like, what do you, why are you saying this? And I was, my rationale for why you don't want to use a, the original GAN chargers that were, say, you know, 100 watts, 65 watts, they go up to technically 240 with USB PD 3.1 now, but, Originally, they were 100 watts. The reason I said it doesn't make any sense is if you are buying a, you know, a 15.6-inch gaming laptop, the thing weighs six pounds. The the gaming companies, like Asus was the one that was saying this, and the others do too, but they say like, oh, when you go on the road, you can just use a little light light GAN charger instead of bringing your, you know, two-and-a-half-pound, three-pound, you know, 280-watt charger for this gaming laptop. And it's like, wait, so if you have a 280-watt charger, but I can run the GPU, I can run the CPU full tilt all the time and charge the battery. If I go to a GAN charger, I'm now stepping down to max charge rate of maybe 100 watts. And then now, because you only have 100 watts from coming in from the charger, they step back the clocks on the GPU and the CPU. So effectively, you shed a lot of performance by going with that lightweight charger. And... To me, it just doesn't make sense because you it doesn't make the laptop any lighter. It's still a six-pound gaming laptop. You basically have just nerfed the performance in order to save, you know, a pound and a half, two pounds on the charger. It just it just didn't make any sense. They just were trying to push that as some logic. It's just like you've got a big-ass heavy laptop. Take, take the pain, carry the big-ass charger with it. And it just didn't make sense because if you're really going somewhere with your gaming laptop – you be, you effectively have given up so much gaming performance it may not even make any sense so that that was my logic for it back then and and that's why i don't think it makes any sense 
Uh, well, uh, speaking of Prime Day, uh, I bought a bunch of PC hardware. Uh, <laughs> but that's because we're doing a, a sponsored live, or not live, a, a sponsored build challenge. Uh, it come, ho- hopefully it'll be up uh, in about a month. So look forward to that. It's actually pretty fun. I, I found... I finally finalized some of those parts during uh, Prime Day because I was like, ooh, that was a deal. Mm-hmm. One of them, somebody else got, uh, who was it? Somebody in the chat had said it. I'm sorry. It was the um, those uh, P3 Pluses. The, the, uh... Yeah, the, someone in chat said they got the P5 Plus, which are P5 Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. St- but there Steven were also Anderson. the P3 Plus that was on sale. Yeah, I, I got Pretty a much bunch most of those crucial P3 stuff was on sale. Yeah, so those were good. Um, but we do have a, a couple super chats. Uh, the first one is not a question, but uh, it's five dollars from a friend of the show, VC Jester. Thank you so much. Said in order to recognize Mandela Day, I'm I I'm supposed supposed to be nice for sixty seven minutes, so I won't troll Gold, Gordon today, or oh. at least the first sixty seven minutes of the. We'll have the stream. to end the stream at sixty six minutes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, first question uh, from from somebody that's not me. Is uh, Bobby zero zero eight one gave us five dollars super chat? Thanks so much. Said any thoughts on the thirteen nine hundred k versus the ten nine hundred k latency issue that uh, our friend Brian over at Techia City brought up? He said Intel moved something off of the silicon that upped the latency. I, I saw the video. I have not watched it. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet either. But I have seen the um, the hand wringing on it over uh, on the discussion forums. It's an interesting point because, as I understand it, he he did two clean installs. And the 10th gen was just simply snappier or crisper, as I, I often say. Were you talking about ga- gaming or just a desktop usage? I... Uh, just things like, because a lot of people were like, oh, the, the all-important things like opening MP3s. Why does MP3 open so much faster? And I, again, I'm, I haven't watched the full video. I need to go watch it before getting too far down. But people were saying they disagreed with some of the ways he measured it. Because uh, he said, like, just opening MP3s and things in Premiere were just simply faster on the 10th gen, unexpectedly, over a 13th gen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, his conclusions, I believe, again, going off third-party hearsay is that, you know, there's something that is different between 13th gen and 10th gen that actually favors 10th, 10th gen. Um, what exactly that is, he doesn't say, because, you know, who knows? And I, I I, think it's actually entirely possible. My thoughts, because I, I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting. I, I really want to watch it. Maybe we should have Brian on at some point. But oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think there are, the reason why I, I'm, I think it's entirely possible, and the reasons why, who knows what, what the F it is, is because there is what I, and again, I've been doing this for a long time, as a reviewer, you run into this strange situation with hardware and you start to chase it and chase it. Then you like, well, what, what's going on? You start doing this testing, that testing. You start asking developers, you start asking the hardware vendors. And like you literally spend like months trying to figure out what the hell is, why something is simply faster. And it's actually very hard to determine what that is. It could, again, like that's why I've come to like describe things as stew. Is it because some part of, the uh, is it some part of Adobe Premiere was compiled on an older version of the compiler? Is it a bug in the compiler? Is it just simply something like, yeah, we this part of the compiler they never updated it to support you know the newer Intel? Who knows what it is? It could be there could be so could many also be reasons. Silicon Lottery like no, I I don't think so. You know, I and also you know the the other problem is you know 
And the little bit of a lie about all hardware reviewers is we talk about the scientific method, but frankly, nobody really practices it because if we really did practice it. Hey, by the way, see you in six years because that's how long it would take for us to do all the testing, do all the elimination, do enough to like, okay, I've determined that's what it is, but that's not how the new cycle works. People want to know right now because they want to buy right now. Should he have set up five identical systems? Should he have set up different motherboards? Should he have set up different? There's just so many hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of different variables that could play into it that you you don't know. But it is entirely possible that there's just something with 10th gen. You know, again, that's an architecture that Intel microarchitecture, as they would say, that they've used for a very, very long time. Things don't get updated. There's just some things that may favor that older Intel microarchitecture. And that that just simply could be it. It could compiler. It could, who knows what it is? So, but definitely newer things. Certain, you know that you're not going to go away from things that are more updated, 13th gen is is demonstrably much, much faster than a 10th gen part, but there are still things that might favor it. And again, you know, like 11th gen people hated Rocket Lake. There might be some things that Rocket Lake was favored too. It's just, it's just that stew. It's people try to boil incredibly complicated topics and hardware down to simple answers that you can, you know, it's a one sentence, but it never is that. That's the one thing I've, I've realized from doing it this long is that it never is that simple because you start to ask and then like, Oh, and then, Oh, Oh, and you know, like it just, and then even the people who make the hardware and people who make the software don't exactly know exactly sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, I, I failed to mention, uh, if you have a question and you're watching live right now, uh, there is a, a questions thing you can use in YouTube to, to put in there. That's where I'm going to be getting the, the questions from the live people. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this later, we have a link over to the Discord. There's a, a full nerd questions section there. I asked a bunch of people to put some questions in there, so we we got a ton in there. Uh, first, I'm going to go to the questions on YouTube. Um, uh, the first one is from Skeet Sayer. Uh, how objectively can Game Pass be bad for PC gaming? Is that a trick question? Mm, I don't know. Is ga- Is Game Pass bad for PC gaming? I don't think so, personally. Yeah, I don't. Well, could don't you come so. up with any theories why it might be bad? So let's let's make sure I understand what Game Pass. Game Pass is basically Microsoft's subscription-based gaming. Yeah, it's like Netflix for games. But it, it, there's multiple components. One of them is you can download the games locally, and that library changes over time. And then the other one is you can stream games. Well, I guess that library changes over time too. So there's there's multiple components to it, but I I think it's a good deal. I I like it. I I would argue then okay the classic because then you're looking at the classic I own it model my CD versus and of course that doesn't even exist anymore versus <laughs> well, subscription model and you don't really own it so theoretically and I I don't know if this is going on with Game Pass I could say I don't know if this is necessarily bad for PC gaming but it's probably bad for people who are into gaming um it's really cool to watch something on netflix and then go back in six months like hey where's that movie oh it's gone (laughs) it's on hbo now i mean max whatever the hell that thing is right it's just they just kind of they shuffle the games around does it happen to game pass yeah that kind of sucks right except for first party obviously if it's first party made that's it's going to be there i I, I mean i guess they could take something first party off but (laughs) yeah 
probably wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and I, I guess the bad thing would be, you know, subscription model versus ownership of your the, the intellectual property, which you don't really own. But if I have a CD, I have a CD. So I, I could say that could be bad. Uh, there, there's a couple of people in the chat saying uh, exclusivity. Like if if somebody, you know, if if they're putting games on there that are exclusive to Game Pass rather than having it show up on other other platforms like Steam or whatever. Yeah. That could be bad, but you know, that's kind of that's sort of sorted out by what but that's, that doesn't that doesn't exist yet. So that's just speculation, right? So like the, the question seems to be based on what it is now. And the question to me also seems based on specifically PC gaming. So I I honestly don't see why having access to games uh is a problem. I mean, as you were saying, Gordon, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the whole ownership versus uh, indeterminate amount of time of renting it, mm-hmm. whether that's one month or 10 years for best how long they have it in the catalog. I guess that's a downside, but that's not different than any other service that's similar, right? So Netflix, Spotify, uh, anything like that. So it's not inherent specifically to PC gaming. So I might just be very unimaginative today, but I personally don't see how it how it's a problem it's just one other way to get games on pc and you can take it or leave it yeah i mean i i mean you could argue it's better because it 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 gives people more access to more games and gets them into pc gaming um but yeah clearly i i would say the long-term issues would be similar to what we've seen with other subscription services you just you you lose access to it eventually or and also Nobody wants. They don't want you to buy anything. They want you to permanently rent it. So that's that's always been a problem for people. But you know, viewed from twenty twenty three is very different from twenty thirteen, right? Because streaming services in twenty thirteen felt like, yeah, this is really scary. But frankly, everybody's very happy to give up ownership of physical media. I remember back then, I I was saying, well, I I can't me I can't believe people would ever give up on wanting physical media. Um, but I was wrong. I actually really thought Blu-ray mm-hmm. would continue, but well, Blu-ray does continue. It's yeah. just yeah. it's it's a niche sure. market. I mean, yeah. I, I still buy it every once in a while. Uh, I I think the the thing is though is that even if you go out and buy uh, a disc <laughs> that goes in your console, it doesn't mean you actually own it either. Because either it's an online game and you're signing, you know, and you have to to be worrying about their servers, or you're you're signing a EULA. And it's like, well, yeah, sure, you have this physical disc, but that doesn't mean you own the game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think that to me, as somebody who's, it is, it's always been the bummer, is these games that eventually they give up because nobody's on it, or they lose interest in it because there's no revenue stream in it, and they they try to put it in the ground. You still have maybe an active player base that wants to play it, but they shut down the servers, and you basically, it, it's gone, right? It's it's a real, the problem is you kind of wish there was a way to play it long-term forever, but it just kind of all goes away, which is, to me, is, is a bummer, but that's a very small subset of, of, of gamers that do that anyway. Well, that's funny because we had a question over on our Discord. Oh, uh, from Liquid R, friend of the show Liquid R, said, have you seen the articles and videos about 87% of classic games being unplayable at this point? Uh, for context, the study that is cited for the stories of classified classic games as games that are 10 or more years old. What measures would you like to see from developers and publishers to make sure older games are not lost forever? Before we answer that, uh, so 
so someone big in this study was Frank Svalody over at the Video Game History Foundation. Uh, I'm actually f- friends with Frank. We, we've worked with him before. I actually, at, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? We should get Frank on the show to talk about this specifically uh, because like, it's definitely a big deal. And it's definitely a big deal for me because like, it's one thing to go back and play a game. But also we're talking about preservation. The fact that something just does, that does not exist anymore like you in in books you could you those books are still around unless all the the you know books are burned whatever movies the same way there there's always some sort of copy of those movies games that are have a very uh an unfortunate troubled troubled history so far already of preservation whether whether you can go back and and play it now or you know i mean sure there there's there's piracy and stuff but also just legally uh you know just having access to it it's uh, there's definitely a lot going on around there and it it, it really bums me out uh and so yeah i'd love to get frank on it does, you know just it does point out like that again that's it's a real problem because there was a game i played for a long long time there's still people who it's called tribes and mm. you know they shut down the servers and the, there was you know a, they were trying to find a way to make the servers work again it would be cool if game developers would be okay with making a pledge like yeah you know after a certain while we'll we'll give up the code so i mean we still maintain ownership of it but we'll allow you to run the server code so you can play the game and maintain these games it would be nice if they could do that i don't think they would though because you know it's property no company ever wants to give up property that could potentially be valuable again down the road so yeah unless you unless there's some kind of movement from You'd have to have some game developers support the pledge like, yeah, you know what, we're rather than putting this in a grave, we're going to just give it up to the community so you can maintain it. Would be cool. But, you know, I just, it's a hard time to see for-profit companies ever doing that because they, it always comes back to haunt you, right? It's, you you give this up, they build up this huge community base, it gets really popular, and then you want to make a run at, hey, let's redo this game or something. And then it starts... Then you have this old property competing with your new property if you want to do a, a, a new version of it. And it just, it can, I can see every executive saying, let's just, no, forget it. You know, we're not going to do this for, you know, 600 people around the world. Which, unfortunately, that is something very unique to the video game industry because, I mean, once again, if you can go to a library and you can rent or you can check out books, uh, they have access to that research uh, foundations. You know, I mean, that that's video game history foundation is, is mostly about, concerned about research and being able to have access to all these things in the future uh so yeah it's 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 a a weird thing that the video game industry really needs to figure out uh and and luckily people like frank are are really pushing over video game history foundation to to make sure that that happens so anyway i I don't want to get too deep into it because i definitely want to get him on and and have him talk about this stuff and why it's important and how you can help things like that so Thank you, Liquid R. That, that was a that was definitely one I wanted to get around to. Um, let's let's take another question from the the good old YouTube. Uh, t- taste like tofu. Oh no, actually, uh, I forgot to ask this earlier. Pure Track Oh Six. How many pairs of socks did Elena buy on Prime Day? You'll be shocked. Zero. <laughs> wow. I did help other people buy socks though, so maybe that counts. Is, is that a thing? Or it's a running joke now on Discord. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a joke. 
No, it's not a joke because I actually yeah. do buy the socks. <laughs> yeah. And so does like, so sorry, so does Kaz. But uh, uh, it started as a joke when I mentioned when people ask me, "What did you buy for Black Friday?" And I would say, "Oh, I got more socks." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Socks? What does that have to do with technology?" I'm like, "Nothing really, but it's on sale for really good prices." <laughs> so I'm stocking up on my expensive merino wool socks right now. <laughs> and so then from there, other members of the Discord server start talking about their sock purchases and it's kind of a running i wouldn't say joke but it, it is a non-tech related theme that will come up periodically in our discord server is that merino wool thing kind of overrated like is that actually from an actual type of sheep i just kind of wonder sometimes because everybody is so into it but like for me I'm, I'm, I'm a cool max kind of sock kind of person so <laughs> i don't really uh although i have some merino I do socks. have these that Adam gave me for Christmas, I think. Oh wow, that's. <laughs> I still need. I need the. Those? I haven't opened them yet because I'm like they're too nice to wear, and I I kind of feel like I need a um an Nvidia pair to round out the triad here. <laughs> you know that would be cool to actually have clothes from all different vendors and just like you do a whole build configuration based on clothes, <laughs> like. Ah. <laughs> uh... That, that would be funny. For audio <laughs> listeners, Lena held up a AMD oh, yeah. socks and yeah, two Intel pairs of socks. socks. Yeah. So we were saying like, huh. Gotten from the A&D and Intel store. Really? Yep, it's true. <laughs> you two could have some. Of are they own. socket AM4 socks though? <laughs> or are they socket AM5 socks? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, another question over here on the YouTubes. Uh, Tastes Like Tofu asks, your thoughts on FTC versus Microsoft closing the Activision Blizzard acquisition? Well, not closing. It's, or, I, I don't think it's fully closed yet, but it, it's pretty much going to go forward. Elena, you want to go or should I? I mean, it's always a double-edged sword, right? Right. Where on the one hand, uh, maybe it will make it more, uh, how do I put this? It'll help clean up some of the problems that we've seen uh, in Blizzard and possibly also Activision. On the other hand, it's also concerning because whenever you have such a huge conglomerate, uh, it means that there's less choice in a way because if they do something you don't like, it's not like it's not as easy to go and, you know, take your business elsewhere because if they hold all the business or most of it, there's nowhere else to go. I, and I'm not really sure what my feelings are. I mean, I kind of go both ways because, yeah, I, I know people don't like it when, you know, such a big property is purchased by a large company. Um, at the same time, I think we're just at that stage where, again, we don't we don't really know the distress in the gaming industry, but sometimes it feels like it's very real and... I think not being part of a gigantic conglomerate like Google or or Apple or Microsoft can be a problem. Like if they really didn't get purchased and then now they're basically battling these developers that are, you know, with better funding from a much larger corporation, then that's a problem for them long term. So I, I didn't, I don't really know. It, it, but, you know, who knows? There's There's a lot to it. We'll have to see how it plays out. You know, at the same time, I thought it was interesting because in, and I don't know if this was a strategic part of it or not. I didn't follow it too closely, but Microsoft really 
showed how, and I, I'm saying this to try to get a rise out of Elena to see if it does, but sure. it, it really showed the weakness of Xbox. Well, they were very, they were very excited to show the weakness of Xbox. They we're, were very we're excited in third to place. show. We're in Guys, third place. We're, we're losers. Place. Nobody's buying these we're things. Nobody. PlayStation is kicking our ass. Yeah, my, we're Microsoft. We're the little guys. I what mean, are you that, talking about it. Did feel like that was somewhat strategic, but then also oh, no, like that is one hundred percent strategic. Well, but you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't make those numbers up. PlayStation is really kicking their ass, right? Oh yeah. So for sure. I mean, but, but, but they also had to, they did it. I mean, they brought it up for a strategy. So, like, well, they, they, didn't they didn't just bring bring it up just to bring it up. But the strategy prior to trying to buy it was like, oh no, everything's great. We're in great shape, right? But uh, it just feels like Xbox has always been much, much weaker than. No. 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 The 360 era was definitely 60 era. They were yeah. on top, which is why it was so shocking. Is that true? When. Yes, and then, then you can look at the numbers, um, but then Don Metric uh, changed that with how they presented the Xbox One. Well, see, the reason I'm saying this is because going all the way back to the original Clone Wars, I mean the PC versus console wars, it was always pushed by the press, um, the gaming press, that how strong the Xbox was. Look at all this money. It's just amazing. I mean, they got a lot of money. Well, no, but they... but. Part of the sort of like the normal convenient lie that everybody did back then was, wow, look, it's so profitable. But like, wait a minute, they spent like $5 billion to get here and they had this huge outlay of cash. They did they even get the Xbox wound up and started to go, right? And then all the numbers for Xbox profitability never counted this huge capital outlay they did on the original investment. And it always kind of, I'm, I mean, don't, don't sorry, all, I, don't I fundamentally do that. I mean, I've, I fundamentally not. Now, the companies, yes, I expect them to lie. I fundamentally not trusted any reporting on this because it's just like, because I remember clearly like, oh, it's so profitable so quickly was the was the narrative from all of the press, the games press at the time. And I was like, wait a minute. What about that? Like five billion dollars? Like what? Oh, yeah, that's I mean, it was really kind of one of those sleight of hands. And that's I just really just kind of I chalked it up to like really weak reporting and analysis like this is like no it's not really profitable because they're still paying out five billion dollars that they spent to get this thing started so i just don't that's why i just don't know what the truth is so that's that's why i've kind of assumed so you're just complaining about lazy reporting is it well i just don't i don't know what the truth is because i mean the companies one they 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 are public companies so they can't outright lie but they definitely know how to shave the truth a lot and then a lot of the reporting was just really sloppy and out of context and like, what what, what about all this? And then like, and then you had the red ring of death that I swear to God must have been 100% failure rate. I just kind of wonder like, has Xbox been successful or has it actually not been successful? That's yes, what I mean. Because what what, what you do you define into... success? Sorry, oh I'm, no, I'm, don't I'm not... start that. No, don't start that. <laughs> the red ring of death, you bring it up. However, you don't also bring up the other half of it, which is honestly one of the reasons why the Xbox survived is that Microsoft went, oh, that's a problem. We need to get in front of this. We are 100% backing our hardware and they would just fix it for people. Didn't matter where it was in the warranty. That was a big deal at the time. Well, because if they had just allowed it to fail and say like, sorry, that's your problem, there would have been the kiss of death just well, over also i mean they they could have been like wow i mean the red ring of death was a big deal they, it was microsoft somebody at the top balmer who i, I think balmer was at the time 
he could have been like, you know what, this thing ain't worth it. Let's get rid of the Xbox. Why? Why are we even doing? This? No, I, look, I'm not saying what, what I'm saying about the Red Ring of Death is that was basically, for all we know, 100% failure rate. So you basically had to replace every single unit you ever made. How much did that cost? I, I just well, again, they, they, they did. They did give a public number of how much they were eating at the time. I don't remember. It was like. I don't remember. They, they were like, "Hey, you know what? We're, uh, the they the Xbox division reported to to the higher ups that, hey, you know what? We're we're going to take a wash of billions of dollars. Like I can't remember what it was. Uh, so they did say a public number of how much it was going to, you know, mess them up. I just, but I'm just saying, I I look at like these sort of like again. That's but that's why it's wonderful to be attached to one of the most successful companies in the world. And this actually is why, as much as people are complaining about this. It might actually be good for this developer to be attached to one of the largest companies in the world because now you have F up after F up. If that company's going to backstop you, you're okay. So that that might be okay. But I just kind of wonder Maybe. if this really just sort of – Xbox is in a real weak shape, right? I, I don't know. But it certainly seems like this is like – a lot of the numbers that came out were like, oh, this is not looking good. Well, you know? okay, so, so even, even if – I, I don't know the numbers. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Even if the PlayStation 5 is outselling them 5 to 1. Oh, wow, these numbers look bad. But if they're still making a profit, like if, if it's still a successful company, like what, Are is, they? What, is that even, what does that even matter? Like, I, you know, I don't know. That's again, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, come you're on. Just, you're just here asking the questions. I'm asking, you're, just, but, you're just here asking the questions. But again, I, I've been inflicted with a lot of information that always like wait a minute how is that it just it just some of it just doesn't make sense and i also realize that these companies are really able to you know move things around and make it a lot 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 not look so good so i don't know i mean so back to this activision thing the way i i look at it personally is like okay well let's look at the outcomes there's one possible future where this doesn't happen and activision blizzard continues down their own path I think there is a high success, a high a high chance that Activision Blizzard would just implode, just based off of their you know where they're going in that tra- trajectory, right? What what is if it didn't happen? What's the success that they would actually be successful? Like, hey, you know what? All of a sudden, Activision and Blizzard start doing amazing. They they make a ton of money. They're coming out with a, a bunch of cool properties. In my mind, I feel like the it's it's lean more towards not success than success. If they weren't to be bought by Microsoft, if they were to be bought by Microsoft, what is the what is the balance of hey they could be more successful or they could be less successful under that cert- certain circumstance? I I feel like as of right now they could be more successful under Microsoft than if they would have went alone, but that doesn't mean they I uh, could could not <laughs> for sure because I mean say somebody else like Don Metric comes in again. And completely messes things up again. I mean, like, who knows? Like, I mean, this is all this is all speculation. But I, I feel like there's a chance of more success out of Activision Blizzard under Microsoft than not. But you know, I, who knows? Yeah, hmm. we'll have to see, right? I mean, and of course, the big fear, of course, is you know everybody's so concerned about Call of Duty for some bizarre reason. So yeah, well, I mean, but that that was Sony. Sony's like you know really pushing on the Call of Duty thing. Yeah, you know, the other argument, too, is that I saw was like, you know, Sony was making a lot of arguments against the, the merger acquisition based solely on the practices that the company practices all the time. <laughs> it was like, you can't, 
if we'll we'll lose uh we'll lose access to Call of Duty just like we limit access on other platforms to our games. So it's just like <laughs> yeah. Very, very hypocritical, yeah. which is, of course... I mean, it's court. Of course, once again, they're all coming in with their agenda, trying to push their own narrative. Yeah. Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Robert DeLorence asks, um, how, Adam, the, the record doesn't show that other developers Microsoft has purchased have been successful. You're right. And wh- what I'm saying is, I, I still think there is more chance of them being successful, e- even if they're not, <laughs> than just doing it alone, because the Activision Blizzard right now just does not feel like it's in a good spot so i think there's while there's not you know a huge success out of what microsoft done with the 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 companies that they do own i still feel like it's a better chance than if they were doing alone so although you know minecraft is still bribed you know i mean not like bethesda's in the hole yeah but i mean bethesda's doing great Uh, there's a lot of they have a they have a lot a lot of studios under the umbrella right now. Yep. I think it'd be it's a I think it's a gross overstatement to say that none of them are thriving or at least even still status quo post acquisition. I yep. guess we'll see in ten statement. years, right? Um all right. Well uh let's move over to I know there was a question over here. Oh we got a, a five Canadian dollar uh super chat from Skeet Sayer. Thank you so much. There's no question attached to it. It's just super chat. Oh. So maybe I missed it. Ask Sorry. any question. Or maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll come back to it. Uh, VC Jester, friend of the show, VC Jester, gave us five more dollars and said, uh, did the Xbox 360 win because they were superior or because Sony screwed it up going all in on their uh, cell processor technology? Yes, I, I would say actually <laughs> that, I mean, well, I mean, the 360 definitely had a lot of good things going for it. But yeah, Sony Sony completely dropped the ball. <laughs> I think it's both. Really, yeah, yeah, it's right? definitely definitely a mixture of both. So, um, all right. Uh, back over on the the Discord, I did have yes. one. Ask the question that I want you to ask before I have to go. <laughs> oh, is, is there one? I don't. I don't know. Did you just bring it up? I. There's a lot of questions around here. It's on it's on the card for today. Uh the shopping etiquette question. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. What uh, is that? Yeah, so VC Jester asked over on Discord, uh when shopping at a computer store, say like a Fry's or a Central Computer or, or uh, Micro Center, there's three options. Uh A, do you t- do you politely turn down assistance in picking out a product? You know, somebody comes up to you, "Hey, how are you doing? Can I help you?" and you're like, "No, I'm good." B, do you test the person by asking them questions you already know the answer to? Like, oh, hmm, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking of getting an AMD CPU with uh, eight cores. Which one should I get? You know. Uh, or C, immediately tell them that you're a pro and will not <laughs> and will not waste your time with their plebeian knowledge. Hey, I'm Gordon Maung. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't need your help. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, don't you know who I am? <laughs> so uh elena let's start, let's start with you what what's your tactic oh, i wanted to go last oh you want to go last okay hey, gordon do. gordon what what do you do so, say uh yeah somebody comes up to you at a at a micro center and is like hey uh can i can i help you i see you looking at cpus what, what do you need help with well every opportunity is is an opportunity to do reporting on inf- on on a topic <laughs> so when that happens actually this is true no and it really is because somebody comes up and <laughs> One one thing I I think is 
I always tried not to do is you don't want to be the a-hole is like, I'm going to, I'm going to crap on your head because I may know more about a topic, or at least I think I know more. You don't know. For all you know, it's that, that poor kid in the store with some silly colored shirt is, you know, an EE working his or her way through, you know, graduate school. Right. So they may know a hundred times more than you do, but what I would always see that as an opportunity for is I want to pick that person's brain because this is somebody who is working retail. They're always going to be, they're going to be talking to a lot of consumers, a lot more consumers that are less educated uh, than I am. What are you hearing from them? How do they like these products? Do they like classic for me? Like, Oh, if if I'm there asking about uh, CPUs, like what are people buying? Why are they buying it? Are they saying why they're buying it? I, (laughs) I want to know more because I, for every opportunity, I want to know, I want input from every single person to find out what they're experiencing as as they are basically on the front lines of retail as you're talking to customers like are or is it the, is it the appeal of a core count at working is is the is the, has Ryzen how big is the brand to consumers it has you know in has, you know Intel has always been this you know gold plated standard for for gold standard not, I guess some people would say gold plated but it's a gold standard <laughs> for computing is that working with consumers? Is that working with a certain type of consumer? So you want to know, are people buying, you know, I've been looking into Radeon or, or NVIDIA. You, you just want to, I want to ask about everything. So that's, I always want to know, I will pick their brain into the, like, I got to go help somebody else, man. <laughs> oh, you're that dude. <laughs> yeah. Cause you want to know, I, I, I do want to know because you know, whatever they may not know, like, Oh, I should be running CL 14 with this gym and this board. But, they're going to know what customers want to buy. And I want to know what that information is. So, <laughs> uh, And I can 100% confirm this because uh, I've been in those situations <laughs> with Gordon and he does do that. And you know what? It's rubbed off on me. I was in a Best Buy oh, recently no. and I was like, hey, how many RG allies do you have? Well, what's the return rate been? And I was like, oh, right. crap, this is what Gordon would do. <laughs> but it's good because you, and again, you have to take it for what it is. This is anecdotal. It's one outlet. It's, you know, it's fixed slice in time, but... As you talk to more and more people and like, uh, it's just like, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, are, are lining up. You reread about the rumors. People are reporting these things like certain GPUs are not selling. And I have also heard the same thing. Like those GPUs are not, you just, that information lines up. It, it hopefully gives us a, a more authoritative way to describe it. Instead of just pulling stuff out of your butt, you're actually saying, well, based on what I'm hearing and how you shave it. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll answer next since Elena uh, wants to go last. Uh, I would okay. say, yeah, it, it depends. I, I I do a mixture. I think it's it really depends on the scenario. Most of the time, I think I would just just politely turn down assistance. Be like, oh no, I'm just looking around. I I, I got it. Especially if I'm in there for something specific. Uh, once again, I have had a little bit of Gordon rub off on me, so I'll, I'll, I've been starting to to poke and, and ask some questions here and there. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, I, I don't think I straight up test people <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't think I do that much. Um, and I, I definitely don't be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> Cause I, I just assume almost everybody knows more than me anyway. So if, if anything, uh, I, I'm closer to even a friend of the show, Braythorn gave us $5 super chat. Thank you so much. And, uh, he, he finds somebody that does know what they're talking about and wastes like 30 minutes enthusiastically, enthusiastically talking tech. Uh, I definitely do that that one as well. Just being like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, let's just let's just talk for a while. Oh, cool! This is cool. Let's you know." So, <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of a mixture of all of them. I, I 
I would say if there's one probably I do the most of, it's probably just the turn down and just be like, yeah, I'm coming in to, to buy something. And, you know, if I have a question, maybe I'll ask, but, uh, yeah. All right, Elena. It's my turn. Yeah. All right. What do you do? I'm really excited to answer this question because I <laughs> need to get this off my chest, apparently. Um, so I have probably a slightly different experience than you two because I present as female. Uh, and so my answer is D. Uh, I don't do this all the time, actually. It is very dependent on how I'm approached. But my answer is D. I basically pull what I call the bulldozer, which is they ask me a question in a way that I can tell that they are um, they already pegged me because of how I look as someone who knows nothing about what's going on and they need to handhold me through it. And so what I do is I start asking them for help in a way that basically says, if you don't understand this question, you cannot help me. <laughs> or if you don't understand this answer, you cannot help me, which is like, where they're like, Yeah, give oh. us a good example. Uh, uh, <laughs> hi, hi, Lena. Welcome to the store. Um, I, it lo- looks like you're looking for uh, for a gaming computer. You know, I could totally help you out with that. That's, you know, what, what are you looking to play? Uh, Stardew Valley? Uh. <laughs> well, you know, I was actually looking to see if you had the RTX 4060, 16, uh, or sorry, 4060 Ti in stock, the one with the 16 uh, gigabytes of RAM. It's been really hard to find. Um, I went to three other stores already. Do you have it in stock? If not, can you, like, get someone who can, like, see if you have it in one of your other stores? I'm kind of in a rush. Yeah, uh, the thing is, I don't know why you want that one specifically. I, you know, you should probably go for the forty ninety. That, that that one's that one's a better one. Uh, yeah. So, I wonder why you just get that one. All right, cool. Um, you know what? Thanks for your time. I'm gonna check a different <laughs> store. <laughs> Would you get insulted if they tried to sell you a game console instead? Like, oh, hey, you know Gordon. what? Yeah, you you just look like somebody that can get a console. You know, game consoles offer so much more value. <laughs> no, see, see, you guys aren't doing it the way it actually happens in the store. Like, uh-huh. you are actually purposely trying to keep trolling. Like, these uh-huh. are people who genuinely are trying to help. So, usually, what happens is that when I, um, when I pull the bulldozer, as I like to call it, is that they kind of give you this like slightly stunned look for a moment if they can't answer you. Right. Like, and that's usually what happens because they've, because they're, what happens is that their knowledge is so limited that they don't know how to be dynamic about how they're offering help. And then the rare occasion where somebody does answer, then I will like tone it down a little bit and actually like meet them where they're at, where it's like, I've established like, you don't need to talk down to me. And if you don't talk down to me, then I won't pull this obnoxious move on you anymore because <laughs> like, it's like it's the worst man like when i this would happen to me all the time when i would go to fries in particular and so even though fries was kind of like mecca because i didn't have any micro centers around at the same time it was like the worst going there mm-hmm. like presenting as i do mm-hmm. because i would just get people who ignored me people who would talk down to me people who couldn't even actually answer the question i was asking them mm-hmm. it was ridiculous and so that's kind of where the uh the bulldozer was born from <laughs> like one time oh man one time i walked into fries with a former colleague of mine we were on our way back from a business trip and I needed to pick something up for a build I was doing. And like we're in the, I think it was either the graphics card or the power supply aisle. This guy comes walking over and he makes a beeline for my colleague, even though like I am staring this dude like on like dead, like 
on, like just looking for his eyes to be like, you're the one that I want to talk to. He just goes straight to my colleague and he's like, hey, how can I help you? And my colleague just kind of like is like, what the? F-? And he just like <laughs> turns and is like, believe she has the question, like ba- literally physically backs off because he's just like, nope, I'm not being part of this. Ooh. So he's like, um, hey, you you here buying a, a PC for your your girlfriend? Oh God, that would be worse. <laughs> I'm just it's surprising uh, to me because like trying to get any service at fries at the especially near true. the end was yeah, like near the end was like was, you have to well, light yourself on fire. The end, and they still would like it wasn't oh, at the whatever. end. Oh, okay. Anyway, shout out to Essential Computer because they are one of the very few stores I walked into where I walk in. They say, "Hey, how can I help you?" In a way that already tells me. They will answer and tr- answer my question uh, straight, and they won't try to push me anywhere, and they genuinely want to help. And I'll say, hey, I'm looking for this. Do you have it in stock? Or, hey, I'm looking to um, upgrade this, and I wasn't quite sure you know, if you had these in stock. Can you help me out with that? And they are like, cool. You, you seem to know what you're talking about. I will meet you where you're at. And I'm like, thank you. That's all I ask for as a consumer. That's all I want. Yeah, I I feel like generally the times that I've been to Central Computer here in San Francisco, it's it's been relatively positive. They they're not like hounding you like, oh, what can I sell you? What can I sell you? No, they're and, super and, chill. Yeah, they're they're yeah. super chill. And if you want to chat their ear off, the, most of the yeah. time they're they're yeah they they kind of know what they're talking about. So. Yeah, for I, people uh, don't know, it's a regional regional chain here. Yeah, it's a regional chain here. Uh, I remember one time like I was buying. I think it was a CPU and it was a motherboard because I couldn't get it. It was during the pandemic and I couldn't get it online because, you know, everything was just so messed up with supply chains. And uh, I, I'm at the register ringing me up and the dude pauses and he's like, and I can tell he's like, I don't want to come across as being condescending. <laughs> so he's like, uh, you are, you know that you got to update that BIOS, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. I figured you did. And I was like, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the way he hesitated, I was like, okay, not trying, trying hard to be like self-aware. I appreciate this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun one. Uh, It was an option D everybody. Just bulldoze your way through life. (laughs) Uh, And somebody said, uh, oh, here we go. Starscream is in front of the show. I didn't know Elena was an AMD bulldozer fan. So, uh, and then Eternal Duoa gave us five euros. Thank you so much. Said, "Where I come from, we don't have stores. Uh, well, compu- <laughs> computer stores. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, that's, I, that's a bummer. Thought you meant literally, like that was a joke. No, 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 no. I think a computer store. So yeah, like, a, a, yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. I like going to computer stores. It's fun. Uh, you know, you just feel like ah, kid in kid in the candy store. Even if you're like not there to buy anything, it's like ooh, this is cool to see it. Just a ton of everything in real life." <laughs> Yeah, the retail experience is, is great. It's a bummer that it's it's just kind of falling by the wayside here. Oh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, a friend of the show, uh, we'll, we'll see him next week, uh, said uh, the UK doesn't have computer stores or brick and mortar anyway. What Whatever happened to, to PC World or Cur- Curry's PC World? Or I guess now it's not called PC World anymore. We don't get those comments anymore. Uh, I think it's just Curry's PCs or something like that. That's what... The thing about that's I just got back from Japan and that was the best thing about Japan was um it's very mm. still very retail driven and the electronic stores PC stores were huge the, mm-hmm. there weren't as many as concentrated like in say Taipei but the ones they had were just like you could just mm. you can see and touch everything which is just so nice it's it was like going back in time for the US because now it's just you go to your browser 
Oh, uh, ISIS though. Oof. Ian says uh, prices were good. Were they down? When I was there, it was definitely marked up compared to the U.S. Oh yeah, for well, computer hardware, it was it was honestly terrible. And I actually have some prices. It's like a forty ninety is uh, three thousand dollars there because of the exchange rate, and they just don't get yeah, breaks. Rough. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of really bad undercurrents there for the com- computer hardware there, but for other things in retail, there were things like you know, like I bought I bought three GAN chargers over there. They were a pretty good price. So no, and plus, if you were from, it was interesting if you weren't from. Japan was like, oh, no tax. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> uh, Ian said uh, uh, Curry's PC World is, is like a Best Buy. So, oh. uh, and VC. Well, what? Nope. I was going to say, like, our Best Buys here actually do sell PC parts. Not like a lot, but yeah. they'll, pay, they'll sell like some motherboards and uh, power supplies. Just like, it's like uh, PC building light. Yeah. NZXT, lots of NZXT and ROG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a $5 super chat from a friend of the show, VC Jester, again, said the salesperson looking at Elena, question, would you like to see our pink computer? Angry Elena says, yes, actually. <laughs> I don't actually like pink. Do you even know me? Yep. Busted. That's Gordon who liked the pink computer. I like computer. that pink one. Yeah. I built that pink one. Get, get your get your head can get your, uh, your fanfic straight, VC Jester. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, he I did ask him last week. He knows what a fanfic is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, we had a question earlier. Oh, you know, I, I forgot to write this one down. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, from friend of the show, Rurutu, are you guys going to LTX next week? Yes. Yes, we are. Actually, Gordon uh, Willis and I will be at LTX. Uh, we are going to be streaming for for like what six hours out of the day both days yeah at the asus booth so if you're going to be at ltx come by come watch a stream come say hi uh it's it's going to be a good time first time i've been to ltx first time i've been to vancouver uh i'm very excited very excited all all the streams will will be on our 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 youtube channel we're lining up a ton of awesome guests uh we're working really hard on it right now so hopefully we'll have more to say about the the guests and whatnot uh but yeah, Gordon, you excited? LTX? I am. What I'm really hoping to score is um, replacement bits for my uh, LTT screwdriver because I lost one. It just vanished. What? Well, because oh. I was putting it back in and I really, you know, it's got the bit holder, which I'm not super sold on, but actually it's kind of nice. And the bit holder rotated. So instead of going into the holder, it just kind of popped out and, you know, Hit the floor and it flew like six miles down the road, so it's gone. Oh. And I was like, "Oh, I'll just go buy." It's like it's like six dollars on the LTT store. It's like okay, and then shipping was like nine dollars. <laughs> like what? Some kind of like Canadian moose thing or something? Like you gotta like isn't it like can't you like it was like six dollars and then eight dollars for the shipping? So I'm, if they have it there, I can buy it without having to pay the shipping cost. But then probably they'll stop me at the border for like you know then then probably like some kind of twelve dollar charge or something for buying ltt <laughs> screwdriver bits sorry it's just you don't want to spend nine dollars on shipping <laughs> so instead you're going to go to vancouver <laughs> to buy it i understand that's on the well, company dime so yeah. you're not paying for it <laughs> yeah. but just the principle of this uh coming from a guy who spent 300 plus dollars on a ssd <laughs> yeah <Sorry. laughs> because it's just a principle like 
You can't have the shipping. It's like that whole eBay thing. Like, oh, yeah, this is so cheap. And, you know, if you buy uh, used vintage clothing off of eBay, oh, yeah, that's pretty cheap. Wait a minute. You want to charge $10 for shipping and handling? Come on. We know what the scam is. So. Uh, friend of the show, Coffee, says uh, shipping is so expensive in Canada, it's insane. So Yeah, what's up with that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm hoping maybe I should buy more and then smuggle them in. I'm going to, like, buy all these LTT screwdrivers and bits and tape them to my body and try to smuggle <laughs> them into the U.S. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because that's like... authorized reseller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for people to know, LTX is uh, it's uh, uh, their expo. It's the Linus Tech, Tech Tips Expo. And I've never gone before, but I'm really looking forward to it because it's unlike most... You know, if you go to CES or Computex or Comdex way back then... They were very much shows for big corporations to, you know, you know, have to basically get their wares in front of buyers. This is different. It's more of a, I think it's described as a, a carnival in a way, or actually that's what I think sort of new people try to think about it. The way I kind of think about it is it sounds like, and I'm really hoping this is going to be what it's like, it's going to hopefully be like a, uh, a computer user group show or a, the old Computer shows of the 1980s. If you ever went to one back then, I know it's only the real old timers that went to them in the 1980s, but you know, they were definitely, you'd have like, uh, you'd have Borland. They would have, they would be, you know, selling software. They'd be doing their hawking stuff, but then you would have other people just doing fun stuff there. So it's, it's more of a, if, of a big fun event, not necessarily just here to market our, our product to you. So it, Hopefully it'll be fun like that. Yeah, and no, I actually don't know how much commerce happens at it. Uh, I, if yeah. if I can get a Noctua uh, LTX screwdriver, I, I will buy it at the show. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, and Ian Ian points out the the way I'm thinking of it. It's not a trade show. It's more like a Comic Con for PC nerds. Uh, oh. how I, I see it. Yeah. So the thing about Comic Con is I I oh, no. I don't know if I would call it Comic Con because some of the the events that I've seen in previous shows or LTXs. Those things didn't really, I've never seen those at Comic, because Comic-Con maybe a long time ago was like for comic book nerds, but now it's been taken over by Hollywood and game publishers. So it's just like a well, one it, big market. It depends market which events. ones you go to. If you go to the small regional ones, it's not taken oh, over. Well, but you so know, if this you go is to like Comic-Con. a small regional one. Oh, okay. Because when I go you're, to the, You're talking about San, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. That's yeah. Is the there any Comic-Con. other kind? Oh. Oh, yeah. There's, like, there's, there's, there's a multiple Comic-Cons. regional ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it actually branded under Comic-Con? I mean, Comic Con is not a trademark, so yeah. There's Comic Con, like it's ah. San Diego Comic Con is one Comic Con. They're all Comic Cons. Oh, really? So, yeah. Because I used to have WanderCon that was associated with it, and that was that was smaller. Yeah, but the other thing too, it's though, not associated is, with it though. Yeah, WanderCon is actually owned by the same company that does San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, uh, go ahead. but the thing, though, Gordon, is just that, like, uh. I think when anything gets big, that's when corporations move in because they want to be like where the action is, right? So like that happened to PAX, right? I think that happened to Comic-Con over time and happened to Anime Expo. So like any anywhere where they know there's going to be a, a megaton of fans, that's when I think that starts happening. But before then, it's usually much more fan-driven, like how you're remembering, you know, all those uh, 80s shows. I've yeah. always, I've always liked the smaller ones. Like yeah, know, back back when I used to go to a lot of cons, it, it was the smaller ones that were the fun ones. That's why I'm kind of thinking this might be more of a conventional 1980s computer yeah. user well, group show. 
cut. Then it sounds to me almost more like packs before it got big, but it's for PC hardware nerds as opposed to video game more. Oh, because I've never been to packs before it turned into basically the Uh, Super Bowl of video game conventions. So it was like it was very much like a bunch of people getting together to celebrate the fact that they wanted to nerd out over all these different things. It's like back then, like it was harder to meet like a broad array of people, you know, who are also into like tabletop gaming, you know, not just console games and, you know, whatnot. So like people would get together and just nerd the F out together about this. And now it's like more mainstream. So it's not like difficult to move outside like your local shop. But back then it was not so much as much of a thing. I mean, they started PAX, what, like in 2006? So 2005, 2006. So, I mean, like at this point, uh, people who were born then are now adults. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we will be there. Uh, Ian, just uh, let me know that the LTX website actually has a, they have updated the website to have schedules for their panels and then also meet and greets, uh, which Ian will be, Ian will be there. He's, he's one of the the sponsored people. Uh, We, we are going, uh, and we're streaming at Asus's booth. We're we're not actually uh, un, under any of the the LTX stuff. So the meet and greet is unofficial. If you see Gordon, come come greet him. Uh, <laughs> Get mobbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and so we're we're going to be doing a, a series of live streams uh, in like half an hour, or one hour chunks uh, at the Asus booth. Uh, Gordon's going to be chilling on a couch with guests. We're, we're going to have like a, a seating area, hopefully, uh, and then like a, a, a PA system. So if you're there, you can sit down and, and, and you know, hang out and have some fun. Uh, if you're not, we will be streaming uh, each one of them out. And we'll probably be breaking each stream out into their own segments, depending on the, the topic and the, the people we have on. So, I mean, we, we've, we've got some, some cool, cool people confirmed, uh, some good topics. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Very excited for it. So hopefully everything long, goes off without a hitch. I'm sorry. How long are you all going to be there? Uh, well, yeah, we're going up Friday, uh, and then I, I, I we're all coming back at, at different times. I'm spending a little extra time there just to to poke around Van, Vancouver. But yeah, the the show is Saturday and Sunday. We are streaming from ten thirty to twelve thirty, and then two to uh five thirty. No, or five. Wow. Two two to five both days. So. We got a oh, lot, wow. lot of guests, a lot of topics. Yeah, Gordon's just going to be stuck on in the chair the whole yeah. day. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Please, please come by, come by and say hi. You know what? I I should bring. I have a bunch of extra t-shirts. I should bring some of the extra t-shirts we have. And if if you come say hi, you can get a get a free shirt while they last. I guess. You know what? <laughs> Somebody needs to make us a t-shirt mortar. We've seen a t-shirt gun <laughs> or a cannon. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you need wow. the mortar. You need put the back tube. to my college days. It just shoots it up over the convention center, and then it comes down the lane. <laughs> Hits someone in the face. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, uh, we got a question. Oh boy. Oh, we got, we got a question from Gordmong. What's up with uh, Arrow Lake? Oh yes, I do yeah. have a question. What, what, Actually, because somebody think? earlier was demanding hey, talk Elena. about Raptor Lake oh, refresh. Are you, are you out of here, Elena? Yeah, I'm gonna peace out. Cool. Thank thank you for joining us. Thanks, Elena. Hi, everybody. Bye. Do you need to get anything on screen before I pop off? Nope. I'm uh yeah. I'm gonna cut to you me ready? and go ahead. Get out of here. Uh, I will. I will change it to something else. Uh, sorry, all you you people watching live. I just uh, I'm gonna close this out. Uh, I'll. I'll
I'll bring something up in a moment, but for now, people can just see a. You could bring up Igor's story. Desktop. There you go. Okay, let's bring up Igor's story. So, to what what's going on with Arrow Lake? Yeah. So you know, there have been a lot of it's, earlier people were demanding we talk about Raptor Lake S refresh. Uh, I'll do you one better, and we're going to talk about uh, Arrow Lake S. And this is based off of some reporting from Igor's lab, Igor of uh, Igor's lab, Igor Wasilek, of course, uh, formerly Tom's Hardware Germany, which he has taken over uh, many years ago. And uh, basically, he, he has been uh, he has obtained information about performance on Arrow Lake S, which, if you're not up on the whole Intel nomenclature, S indicates a desktop part. And it is comparing, uh, he has obtained numbers comparing an Arrow Lake S, which in a configuration of uh, eight performance cores, 16 efficiency cores, uh, also PL1, PL2 locked at 250 watts. And he has it compared to a 13900K, which is current Raptor Lake. And of course, there are rumors of a Raptor Lake refresh, uh, which, you know, most, actually, I think it'll be Core i9-14900K. I think it'll be the last, it'll be the last of the Core i9s. Yeah, I get to use that line from um, uh, Mad Max. Okay. Because, you know, they're 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 dropping the i. Yeah. So it'll be Core 9. Core 9. That's what some people think. I think it'll come out probably before Meteor, so it could actually be the last of the Core i9s. So that's a, that's a pretty cool line. But anyway, Igor has got numbers handed to him. And again, um, Igor is uh, very reliable uh, for getting this information. It is German, so there are some translation issues. But uh, the first thing is comparing uh, Arrow Lake S with Raptor Lake S and Raptor Lake Refresh. And this is, again, locked at 250 watts, 253 watts for the Raptor Lake S Refresh. And it's in cross. And this is actually what I like about this. This is benchmarks I'm fairly um, familiar with. There's Crossmark, Sysmark, 25, Web Expert 4, Speedometer. Both in Chrome, huh, 107, uh, and Geekbench, uh, 5.45, single threaded and uh, multi threaded, and uh, it actually, if you're looking at the numbers for Raptor Lake refresh, you know all indicators are is that Raptor Lake is a, a binned up, clocked up version of Raptor Lake, existing Raptor Lake. Uh, there are some rumors though that it's actually going to offer a decent uplift in performance, and. These numbers don't bear that out, but one thing I want to point out about Igor's numbers is uh, this is locked at uh, 253 watts. So if you have that Raptor Lake refresh unlocked, uncapped, it's potentially going to be faster. I actually there are there have been previous rumors that it's going to be a decent uplift in multi-core performance, uh, basically due to some features they're enabling in the chip and also probably being a really good binned-up part. So it's probably going to be a you know, a decent a bump. And if you're at a store and you're if you're upgrading from your, you know, eighth gen Intel part and you're going to a new Intel Core i9, it would probably make sense to go to a 14 gen because why would you want to buy a 13 gen? Uh, but uh, more exciting, though, is Arrow Lake S. In Crossmark, uh, it's about 13 to 16% faster than a Raptor Lake at 253. Again, remember, Raptor Lake can use more power than 253, so that that may, be ha- that may handcuff Raptor Lake a little bit. Pretty decent. Uh, looks like about uh, 8 to 11% in Sysmark. WebExpert 4, which is very, very lightly threaded. And Crossmark is also mostly very lightly threaded for most of the, the benchmark. 
you're looking at 7 to 10% performance, a speedometer 2.1, you know, 9 to 13%, Geekbench single core 9 to 13%, which is, you know, pretty decent uplift. And especially when you're locked at uh, 253 because you're well under the uh, PL1, PL2. So that's probably going to be pretty representative of what you're going to see out of uh, Arrow Lake, despite the, the handcuffs of being locked down on power. And then multi-core, 16 to 20%. Um, this is in the this is in the um, the plebeian benchmarks that I like to run. If you're more into the Ian Cutrus kind of stuff, there's a spec rate, 2017 in. Uh, there's also spec rate uh, 2017 for FP, floating point and injured performance. And Arrow Lake, uh, again, Raptor Lake is like, uh, yeah, okay, you're looking at single-digit increases here. But again, remember, parts are probably handcuffed because of the, the power. Uh, but when you're looking at Arrow Lake, you're looking at 11 to 15% in spec int. You're looking at 17 to 21%. A lot of the headlines that you've seen around Igor's coverage the last couple of days are like, oh, 21%, which is pretty impressive. And, and that's a floating point. And then uh, spec rate 2017 int base, blah, 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 4 to 8%. And then, so, and then let's, the last one, of course, uh, we want to show it, if we could show the uh, graphics performance. This I'm less excited about. I've seen people get totally, oh my God, it's so much faster. You're looking at a huge, whatever. 230% increase in performance. I was like, oh, who cares? Because really, a- yeah, that's the one. So that's that's looking at, so you're basically in the darker blue, you're looking at Arrow Lake. And, you, you know, according to the, the the numbers that Igor has gotten, 230 to 240% over uh, Raptor Lake. Uh, and of course, by the way, Raptor Lake refresh, basically the same performance. And, and when you're looking at, that's 3D Mark Time Spy, Graphics performance only, so that cuts out the CPU, which doesn't really move it that much. And then 3D Mark Wildlife Extreme Unlimited Graphics Score, you're looking at 210 to 220% in performance improvement. Uh, A lot of people are like super jazzed for that. I'm less so jazzed because to me, um, remember Raptor Lake and Raptor Lake Refresh basically give you Intel UHD graphics, which is the absolute bare minimum of probably what you would even call (laughs) graphics. So you're, it's like comparing Intel XE versus like an Intel XE laptop would kick the crap out of a, a, a Raptor Lake refresh tuned up to as much as you could and under heavy water cooling because there just wasn't, Intel basically didn't spend the, the, the silicon to put, you know, these hot, to put a higher performance GPU in them. So it's a little, it's a little like, uh, that's less impressive in some ways, but it is actually kind of nice that. If we're going to see Arrow Lake S in a in a higher end part, you will actually finally see decent graphics because Intel for many many years has on the highest end parts. They go like, look, you're going to take this very high end Core i9 and you're going to pair it with a, a discrete graphics card. So who gives a damn about what the the integrated graphics does? It's just there to turn on the monitor if you need it to and give you the media encoder. But to me, it's previously. You know, it's it's always kind of sucked, but they're actually going to give you fairly decent graphics, even on the high end uh, uh, CPUs. It looks like so that is actually a nice development. And of course, uh, you know, uh, Arrow Lake will be based on what uh, Intel twenty Angstrom or something. So, and, and all the leaks coming out of Intel uh, that are hot and heavy right now for everything from you know Arrow Lake to Lunar Lake to Raptor Lake refresh to Meteor Lake, it sounds like 
um, with this amount of leaks that are coming out that Intel is looking like it's raring for a fight this in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. So should be exciting. Yeah. Cool. Leaks. Leaks happen. You are you so you are excited about this? Yeah. No, I I actually am excited about it. Um you know, this these all the between Meteor and Aerolake and Lunar, we're going to see advanced packaging out of Intel. So you know, Intel they have been doing fairly decently considering what they have. You know, again, they're on Intel 7, which you know, cynical people would want to say is 10 nanometer. It's a tough fight against where AMD is coming from using advanced uh, TSMC um, process. But, uh, you know, the fact that they're able to tile these parts in and mix and match stuff is going to make it really, really interesting. So it's it'll be interesting to see if this is the time, you know, classically, um, previous times when AMD has come out and, and you know, clocked Intel, it's taken years for Intel to come back. And if you were to follow the previous patterns, this could indicate that Intel is back in business again and they're going to really compete. And And they've done relatively well considering what they've had to work with. But this could, you know, if you were to look at previous patterns, could indicate, yeah, they're they're really spoiling for a fight here, could do really well. At the same time, you know, AMD has not shown that they're just simply going to sink under the waves again. So I don't know. I would never say who's going to win the battle the next 12 to 24 months. But the best thing for consumers is more performance everywhere from laptops to desktops. Uh, competition for this means lower prices, better performance. And it's going to be great because you will have uh, you'll have so many different things to pick from. So I am excited because I it's way more exciting when you have both companies offering really good parts competing to give you better components. So that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. We we will see. We will see. Uh, we got a, a good question in here. Uh, there's a lot of good questions. Maybe I don't think we're going to get to all of them, but thank you. Please, please uh, keep them coming. Uh, Egg, Eggwin22 says, uh, asks, any thoughts on this morning's Framework 16 laptop announcement? I know you, yeah. you dug into it a little bit. but Yeah, I, did, I didn't get too much to dig into, but I did get to check out, uh, by the way, Sean Hollister, a fantastic writer and editor over at The Verge. Uh, go check out his video and story about the, the Framework 16 because outside of Linus, who basically is an investor in the company, this is the first public showing of the Framework 16, which is, uh, again, the secret of it is we did a video as well. It is an upgradable gaming laptop built to the philosophy that they have maintained on their previous framework laptop. Uh, Sean got to basically screw around with it, um, take it apart, put one together, and it's pretty neat. He did an interview with uh, Narav over at uh, Framework, as well as Frank Azor at AMD about the laptop, and he's pretty jazzed about it. Um, I am also pretty excited about it, too, because, you know, uh, the holy grail that framework is promising. Although we, we have seen framework deliver upgradable ports, upgradable motherboards, screens and all this stuff, which is awesome. But the holy grail to me is upgradable graphics. Their approach is, is pretty cool because what they're doing is they basically take a gaming form factor laptop and they have an upgradable bay and you slide your graphics card into it. It uses this, uh, 
Interposer, and actually Sean has some pictures of the Interposer on here. I think it's eight lanes of, I'm going to hope, Gen 4 on here. Um, so on that separate module is is the graphics card, which, again, this is not new. People have done upgradable, upgradable graphics in the past, but the difference here that is new to me uh, is the module actually includes a power delivery. I believe it includes power delivery, and it also includes cooling. So previously, all of the upgradable laptops that were designed before, they were still built as one unit, or they'd use they'd use MXM modules, and then they would have to have the cooling attached to the module, and that was attached to the CPU, and then they'd have to deal with the power and all that other stuff. And it always would hit them in the face because it would be upgradable until it wasn't. And then, by the way, lawsuit. And that has repeated over and over and over again, where companies would say they could upgrade it, and then it couldn't because, by the way, NVIDIA said we need way more power than we thought we could. So now they're just left holding back, and they end up with a, a lawsuit by people saying, hey, I can't get my upgrade. This actually hopefully gives framework more room to work with uh, and avoid the that uh, problem in the past because the fact that you can have the cooling and the power for that GPU on its own module should make it easier. Unless, of course, you know, the graphics card makers say, oh, by the way, we need 300 watts for this. Then, <laughs> Which, then you know, I suppose they could like, well, okay, you know what? Because it is a separate module, separate cooling, we'll just make the sucker two inches thick. You'll plug a separate power <laughs> cable into the expansion module. I mean, there are ways to get around it. Oh, so it would suck. It would suck. And uh, there's no indicators that that's going to happen. But, yeah, but you, you know, yeah, even you reading, know. I kind of briefly read through uh, Sean's a write-up over on The Verge, he even says, like, they're really, they're, they're, it looks like one way they're going to avoid being getting their asses sued off is you're not really going to promise upgradable graphics, necessarily. Oh. I, I should look it up. It's huh. just sort of like, huh. It, it's, I mean, but here's the other end of it, though. I feel like, I feel like the people who are going to, how do I say this? I feel like the the people who are interested in buying a framework, yeah, kind of need to understand that this isn't going to be the best of the best. Like no no yeah. no no matter well, no matter which way you slice it, I I, I doubt it uh, that that it's going to be like if it has a, a forty seventy in there, it's not going to be the best forty seventy you can get in a yeah. in, in a laptop. Sure, I mean there, there's there there is space constraints, there's cooling constraints, all that stuff that goes into designing a laptop and when it is all designed together not to be modular, right. they can get more out of it than if it is designed to be mod modular. You get a framework because it is modular and you right. can upgrade it. So that would actually be a bummer if you, if it does have some limited upgrade capabilities because then you're, you're kind of getting screwed at both ends. You're not getting the most performance out of the part that you're getting. And then if you can't upgrade that part, then that's kind of, not the I mean that's why you would get a framework. So Yeah, and, and I'm gonna read this this is this is three graphs I'm gonna read out of the verge again. Sean Halster wrote this. I know Sean knows his stuff, great guy. Quote, despite all this framework and AMD were pretty cagey about promising GPU upgrades. Though after asking the same question a half dozen ways, I think it's safe to say they're strongly leaning that direction. Quote, we're very specifically we've very sorry, I'm gonna start that again. Quote, we've very specifically designed the uh, Framework 16 for Graphics Bay Upgradability, says Patel. 
we are committed to making sure there are graphics modules beyond the initial launch, quote. And then uh, next line, quote, we are committed to generational upgrades as a company, he adds later. All the costs, the engineering, a giant chunk of that was making the expansion base system possible. That's not something we're, we're going to do and abandon because there wouldn't have been a point building the product without that, quote. And then right. next quote is, we are invested in future versions of this product with framework. Quote, AMD's Azor tells me, that's Frank Azor, of formerly of Alienware, uh, Dell, and now at AMD. We are invested in future versions of this product with framework, quote, AMD's Azor tells me, comma, but won't commit to GPU upgrades specifically when I press him. He adds that AMD can't make an absolute guarantee because technology change can change unexpectedly. Like, say, if PCI Express dies off like AGP did in the early 2000s. Quote, I don't think anyone could guarantee that AGP was going to be around forever. Uh, a quote uh, Frank Azor said. So, again... This is they're, the reason they're being so cagey is because, by the way, <laughs> every company that has said they were going to do an upgradable laptop that I've ever written and touched, they've gotten sued. Because when the upgrades didn't materialize in a way that made those people happy, they got sued. So they're, they're very mindful of the fact that, yeah, sure, it's probably going to be upgradable. We don't want to get our asses sued off like all those other companies did. And there are every and I, every single company is sore to talk about it because they ended up getting sued. Alienware did their and again, that was a that was another project for Vazor because that that's always been his fantasy from Alienware from forever ago. Do upgradable graphics. Well I mean, I mean you know, we we had seen iterations of that a handful and, of years ago. And they thought they thought, well, we let you upgrade. If you bought the lower end card, you could upgrade to the higher end card because again, the roadmap changed. It went left when they hoped it went right and it didn't work out. So they couldn't go to the next generation. And it just, they, and again, they ended up with a lawsuit. And yeah. so these companies are really, really hesitant to say it. That's why every, you know, that's why you have lawyers to tell you to not say anything. So I, I'm again, very excited about it. And again, uh, again, check out Sean's story and video because there's a lot of really cool stuff, very frameworky stuff, mm -hmm. all the upgrade stuff. And I'm like you, Adam. I I agree. I I love the concept of framework. And there's a there's a there's and there's also a really good reason why you'd want to buy an MSI and ASUS or Gigabyte or an Alienware or other many other gaming <laughs> laptops because they're just going to be they're going to be a little more solid. They're not going to have all these seams in them, you know. There's just, you know, it's purpose-built. Sure, will you be able to upgrade it? No, but there are reasons to have those other laptops too. But if you're into the whole upgrade life, this is, I, I love it. Because, you know, I, I love what the framework has been able to do. And I think we did our original framework video, and I really thought it was awesome, but mm -hmm. I didn't think they would be here. And they've actually proven they've done several upgrades to the original framework. They're a doing this now. AMD. They've added AMD, so now, they're now doing a 16. It makes know. me feel a lot better about framework and what they're doing. So I'm I'm very excited about it. I love the concept of upgradable laptops. You know, but you do have to understand there are there's going to be a compromise. There's always a compromise. There's going to be a compromise. There's yeah. engineering compromises to everything. So when you have to do this, it's not going to be as nice as as a gaming laptop from purpose built gaming laptop 
from another company, but you can upgrade it. So, so uh, I have a question. If say say if they're like, oh, you know what, we're we're reading the tea leaves, and if if we promise GPU upgrades, we're going to put ourselves in into a, 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 a dark hole. So you know what, they come out, they say, you know what, we we can't we can't promise anything, and years later they 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 don't. How how beneficial for, for do you think a framework sixteen would be that had the original GPU, but you can upgrade everything else? <sighs> I I don't, what what were the GPU options? I'm sorry, I, did they mention what were the? Well, the one that uh, Sean did was it was obviously because you had Frank. It was an AMD because it was uh, what do we have in here? It was a RX seventy seven hundred S, so not exactly a, a you know a high TDP part. Mm-hmm. And then for the CPU was a seven thousand CPU. So let me find out what it is. It was the okay, well, yeah. So, so it was a Ryzen seven seventy eight forty HS. So you know a thirty five watt HS part. Okay. Well, yeah. So say they they were like, hey, you know what? Actually, whatever initial NVIDIA AMD offering, that's just what we're gonna have for, you know, who who knows how, how far down the line or you buy a new framework 16 that has something different, but you can still upgrade everything else in that original framework 16. Like then, then it becomes a little more muddied the water. Well, I, I think, you know, I think it's in the, in the immediate term, it, it's going to be a, a no brainer. They will be able to do a, a, you know, whatever the cooling they're going to be able to put in the module, you will see a GeForce 4000 based version of it. I'd almost bet you'd be able to see a Radeon, 8000 and a GeForce 5000 version. I just can't see why you wouldn't be able to because again what they have done is very different because they you know you basically have it the bottom half of the of the in the back of the laptop is the module. Mm-hmm. So that lets you grow too, right? Cuz yeah. It could get ugly as hell if it gets thicker or longer, but at least you'll be able to get your Big fat GPU. Yeah, by grow you mean the the back can extend out. Yeah, they, they did show that in our original video. It's like, hey, here's one without a big butt, and here's one with the big butt. I don't yeah, know describe it. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, and I I think even Sean calls it like big butt or whatever. Oh really? So okay. <laughs> yeah, and it really it it lets you know design it lets you kind of grow if they need to grow it for TDP for power. And again, like I said, like. So this is supposedly uh, I've talked to them as well. They 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 think they will get to a 200 the holy grail of grand charges is a 240 watt usb pd 3.1 so they they it's designed for a 240 watt um gan charger as we know if you get to a bigger gpu 240 watts not gonna do it like honestly 280 is probably like kind of like that mid-range gpu for more power and 330 is is more useful but again what's to stop you from plugging directly into the module because they they built that module almost as a standalone part, as an add-in part of a desktop computer that you could just slide onto your onto your laptop using this this um perp. They have a, a, a interposer that you can you know just running PCIe that you can connect to the rest of the system. So that I th- I think they're not going to see it again because lawyers, by the way, bless you because you keep people from getting letting your mouths write too many checks, but. They don't want them to say it because they know what's happened over and over and over in the past. So I think it'll happen. But the cool thing, Adam, is not everything is about graphics. So say you have a framework laptop. I want to add a 
I want to add four M.2 drives in an external bay, in the bay, right? So you could actually integrate, you know, four M.2 drives in there for a video editor or some other kind of crazy storage solution. And you have eight lanes of, you know, Gen 4 to connect all the all the SSDs to the rest of the laptop or anything else that you can put into uh, a computer over uh, PCIe. So maybe, maybe a purpose, you know, a, a hardware codec card. Maybe, who knows, you know, maybe Apple will make a, a, uh, whatever the hell their codec is. You, you don't know. Pro so res, it, yeah. it's pro, maybe they had a accelerator, a, a pro res accelerator. So it's actually kind of cool. You could do other kind of, you could do, yeah, I know that'll never happen, <laughs> yeah. but maybe black magic, right? So there's other kind of cool things you can do with that interface. And the nice thing about framework is they've opened up designs like, Hey, you know, again, they, they, the nice thing is they, they, they preach it too, or they preach it and they execute it. So like, they are going to open it up, and I'm sure other people can build anything they want to connect to it over PCIe. You can see where this really goes. So yeah, and, and honestly, that that's the thing that's more exciting to me. Ha- having the the graphics module, yeah, just something about it is like, okay, well, you're you're going to get a compromise in some other way. Then why why would you want this 16 inch laptop? Like the 13, I like the 13. I I almost got one. Uh, for my wife Lindsay and yeah. like because I was like oh I, I love that idea you can change out the ports you can change out and anything you want you can upgrade it later if if it's starting to feel a little pokey I like that this one the 16 you're like okay it's 16 it's bigger it's got more power cap- or has the option for more power but it's going to be constrained because of you know future upgrades who knows with that GPU but I, I like thinking of it more as like oh this adds an even more level of modularity to a bigger laptop chassis that that you want. So like like I, I think it's probably the best to not think that this is going to be just because it's bigger than that it means it's just going to be the the you know an awesome powerhouse of of power. It's more like oh it's bigger so there's even more options yeah. for expandability and upgradability. I mean it has what what six six of the expansion yeah. uh slots the on on the side so it's already already bigger that way like yeah that that's how i'm seeing it i guess it just then yeah comes down to okay well if you're not going to put a, a gpu in that 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 slot then what kind of stuff would you i yeah i don't know yeah more storage you know different accelerator cards maybe an ai accelerator who knows i mean but they haven't they haven't talked yeah. about anything specific so th- that's what i would want to see because if it literally just goes nowhere and ends up being just a GPU kind of expansion thing, and yep. the GPU thing kind of goes at nowhere, mm. yeah, yeah. But the, you know, the cool thing is, you know, again, their philosophy is, like, hey, do what you want. Here's the design. We have these connectors. Here's how you do it. Build your own. So people could build their own, you know, add in modules for this laptop. So uh, also good good point. A couple of people in the chat are pointing out you you could get a new CPU upgrade with a, a better APU or an APU upgrade with, so that you, you actually get a better GPU on the CPU itself. So yes, there are ways to do that, but I think a discrete GPU is, is typically hopefully going to have more power in it. So, yeah, no, I mean, the cool thing is say you can integrate a higher performance, you know, Ryzen or, or, you know, you do an Arrow Lake or Lunar Lake or whatever, when you've got the Intel rolling their you know, their, their fatter IGP in there and, then that bay could be used for other things if you don't need the power of discrete GPU. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we we should try to get our hands on one. Like, I, I would love to actually do, like, a live build. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, maybe, you know, one of us has a 13-inch that we're upgrading live, and the other one is, like, like actually building 
the 60 because you can you can build it or you can buy it in pieces and you can buy it already configured right is that correct uh on the original you could build you know build order or you could build you could build your own build you your can, own. Yeah, yeah there are there are a lot of different ways they you know and, and but again you know i again when i did the original video i was like the odds would be against them surviving yep right because it's just it's really tough to do it this way but i the fact that they've gotten so far and it looks like it's doing well is is really cool right mm-hmm. so it'd be just it would be nice if the philosophy went further because the throwaway you know version of electronics that we have today just kind of sucks yeah we've we've went we've went too far we've went too far with it yeah even though it's not as bad on yeah. on laptops it would be nice and on phones obviously because phones and tablets are the worst absolute worst for throwing away <laughs> yeah uh, we did get a, a 10 Canadian dollar super chat from coffee, uh, saying if you guys want to test grill Canadian PC store employees, you can go to memory express and Canada computers in Vancouver. I, I might just have to do that. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately they're not going to be there cause they live, uh, way too many miles away from Vancouver. Uh, as a bummer, uh, would have, would have been good. Would have been good to see you. Um, we have another major topic, uh, before we get out of here. Uh, and that is one. <clears throat> that was brought up by a friend of the show, Cause MC. Uh, if if we were to create a PC hardware and gamers constitution, what are some fundamental right manufacturers, game devs, and the big three have to follow? Examples: All games must support DLSS, FSR, and XCSS. Example: No cursor-based UI element in console games. Example: Steam seasonal sales are fetch holidays. Uh, okay, so, so those aren't hardware uh necessarily related but yeah if, if there was a constitution we all got together and was like hey all you companies need need to do this for the right for the right of the people what what is the the people's constitution for pc building and gaming wow that's a real tough one i i actually like that first one having all games support all levels of uh of, of upscaling technology obviously that puts the load on the developers but it is good to have it, it. It is good to have those options. Yeah, I think the thing is when, I mean, what are we talking about? Because we're talking about inalienable rights, right? I mean, like, yeah, the the actual U.S. Constitution it gets that deep. This is more of a joke, kind of like we don't need to. No, you know, I know this isn't but... like every right that humanity has to have. It's more like, hey, what you know, what what are the things that that PC gamers and builders uh, would love to see? Uh, all all companies do. Yeah, gosh, I mean, I'm really kind of torn here, you know, because I embrace, you know, again, I love this idea of a modular laptop. I embrace our upgradable lifestyle of desktop. That's why desktop has always been the ultimate, right, for technology people because you can you can upgrade it and modularize it to your needs. You can personalize it. But I am always reticent to force companies to do things. Uh, I can think of one hardware re- related: standardized front panel pin headers. Make that crap easier. That that uh, is that that's is pretty standardized now. No, who doesn't follow it anymore? No, 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 no. To to actually plug it in, right? Some 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 motherboards come with that little thing that you plug in, and then you plug in. Some of them are like, ah, whatever. It's the Wild West. You know, you figure out where to where to plug it in, like. That thing, that thing is a pain in the butt. I, I would say that needs to be standardized. Well, well, it is. It's just that I mean, I can't think of any motherboards that don't use it anymore. But the problem is not all the case enclosures do it that way. I know, and they all need to get together and figure it out 
to standardize it because that is that is like one of the most painful parts of a build, and see, it doesn't need to be. See the the reason why I'm why I'm really sort of like so torn on this is because the freedom and chaos that we experience on the PC is exactly the reason why the PC is what it is today, <laughs> which is true. So I don't know how you could you basically force these companies to do things under the guise of freedom when you're actually constricting them. So if you're so if a developer is forced to add XESS and DLSS and FSR, FSR and whatever upscaling tech you. I mean that developer is now burning resources to do it. Yeah, everybody says that's like whatever, it's not a big deal, but somebody has to do it. Somebody has to make sure it works. And it's I just am it's I, that's why I'm like I really kind of like I want there to be freedom. And then the other thing, like, think about it this way, Adam. It would be really cool, and this is the reason why people need to respect the U.S. Constitution for what it is. It's obviously imperfect. It's a it's a developing, living document. It's been improved upon. It's been interpreted. But if you're making this document, it'd be really easy to say for our PC that, that all desktop PCs must honor ATX specifications, right? So we have to have, you know, interoperability. You must follow industry standard specifications. You must be able to work with other partners. You must be friendly with everybody. So, but that's exactly, we have that already, and it's locked us into a form factor from the 1990s, and we are unable to make a change. We are unable to break out of ATX. And even though that's actually handcuffing us in many ways, how is that? How is that a good thing? I know this is supposed to be a fun exercise, but I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly Gordon, you're you're getting way too deep. Believe me, when like they're <laughs> like, hey, you know what? I'm wearing this hosiery. I got this stupid ass wig. What's up with these outfits? We're standing around in the founding fathers, right? Like you're like, this is ridiculous. They're you know, the arguing that they must have gone through like over like. Like the, cause the stuff that I, I just can't, I just don't know how, like, how to, how to like, we're going to, how we're going to make it freer by taking away freedom of, of people, companies being able to do things differently. You know, I, I, that's why I'm fundamentally like, kind of like, uh, you know, what do I, so there's like all, all CPUs must use a LGA or all, all, you know, actually, you know what? You know, LGA is hard to repair. All CPUs must use PGA, and we must have this pin count. <laughs> you know what? If we had done that, the entire world would be like Apple-based by now because you would have shackled, handcuffed the entire PC so hard in power and I.O. and everything that we would be like, oh, can I buy a new MacBook now? Because that's I just that's why I know I've made this entirely yeah. unfun. Yes, Gordon, you're taking this way too serious. Uh <laughs> One thing somebody said earlier was uh, IO shields. All motherboards should have built-in IO shields. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'd well, why don't we actually stop using IO shields and redesign it for something that makes more sense? Do you really need this block where it is? And that's I, that's why I'm just like, I don't know what I can't force. I would hold, hold on. Okay, think about it this way: What things bug the hell out of you about building a PC? Oh well, so the the problem is. There's definitely things, but again, what I put that in the Constitution, 
do I think like, so engineers design the motherboards, they lay it out, and then somebody takes the design from the, the, the layout from the <laughs> engineers and then go like, well, this is dim, you know, this is dim one, two, three, four. Or you know A one oh, A two B one B two yeah we need but to it's figure laid that out, shit out completely backwards that doesn't make any sense but because of the way the engineer basically did it because you're engineers by the way uh, this will actually confuse the customers but you need to populate slots A two and B two what what why would I and then it's like why is it and why is it back yeah that bugs the hell out of me and it would be nice if they actually said you know we need to make we need to have Somebody writing documentation and the person who said this is going to be silkscreen on the board to say this needs to be labeled in a way that is friendly to new builders or consumers, right? That would be nice. But could I put, would I force people to do that in a costume? <laughs> like, no, this is. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Boris Zero said, uh, I thought the question was supposed to bring up good ideas, not the worst possible ones. No, because, uh, it, because I mean, that's exactly the problem is when you're trying to create a document to guide you, um, it always immediately turns, it could immediately turn into tyranny, right? Is it tyranny of, uh, it's a, a tyranny of the majority, right? Because everybody wants this. And like, I'm sorry, I just, I've made this totally unfun. What? But like, yeah, definitely try, like I could say encourage, that's again, and the reason why people like, if you want to bag on these like standards organizations, they can't force people to do things, but they can encourage them, which of course means they're going to do things their own way. But I would encourage motherboard vendors to label motherboards in a way that is meaningful and easy to understand for consumers. Like. Well, there you go. This slot you, is you like just, you just made one. No, no, I Perfect. didn't. But I'm not. Gonna, but that's not the same as like. To, right. Like for okay, me, so, okay, okay, okay. So Constitution class. Ca- ca- that's a classic yeah. starship. Cause MC. Here we go. You, you you used the wrong word. You triggered Gordon by using the word Constitution. But uh, so like, what do we encourage people? Like, you know what? This M. Right, right, here we go. Slot, the P- PC Builders Bill of Rights. Bill of. Is that serious too? Oh, jeez. All right. Well, this we're, is we're like these are, you on everything. these are these okay. are. It's like the pirate guide. They're guidelines. They're they're not really rules. They're guidelines. <laughs> okay. We would strongly encourage motherboard vendors to label silkscreen everything on a motherboard in a friendly way to consumers. Example: dim slots should be laid out in a manner that is easy to understand and Ooh. also be follow a industry standard. Here we if go. MSI does it. If Gigabyte, if, if you all do it the same way, everybody. Gordon, does here it we better. go. Uh, the PC Builders Manifesto. Oh yeah, okay. Manifesto. There we go. Okay. Uh, now, now he feels better. Now he right. feels better. All right. Wait, here's wait, another hold, thing. Hold on. VC Jester, uh, five dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Has a good one. Uh, I bought it. I get to do what I want with it as long as you do not try to make the seller warranty my screw up. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I screwed it up. I overclocked it. I blew it up. I'm gonna eat it. I'm not gonna make. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, like I, I also think like, hey, can you make it so the motherboard actually says. And some of them do are getting there. M.2 slot 2 direct CPU attach. M.2 Ooh. slot 3 PCH or chipset, right? Or mm-hmm. that would be nice. That would be really nice. Yeah. I I, I would I would in, really in do your that. manifesto in your manifesto. In my manifesto I would say that. What else would be really good? Um hmm. What are some? Obviously, I, I'm with you on front panel. Definitely, it would be nice. We've all grown up now. We can all you can uni, use a uniform block. Uh, maybe the way to do it. So the problem is, a lot of the 
case vendors have this they have the split connector because mm. like well what if somebody has some old pos motherboard they're trying to connect that doesn't have the uniform block that we all the intel front panel block right mm-hmm. so they all split them well i would argue we're now reversed now most people have the intel front panel block mm-hmm. and it's the weird ass people trying to use some ancient pos that has the non one so what you should do is on the case use a uniform block and then have an adapter for the non you know for to split Rather than having taking a a split up one and having to join it together, right? So that would that would kind of solve it. That would be a good one. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea this was going to go down this way. But uh, how about uh, labeling? And a lot of this is motherboard related, oddly. And then how about labeling the PCIe slots to tell you physical and electrical easily? That's a useful one. Oh yeah, that, or, or or lanes. I would also like quick releases to get to the M.2 oh. storage because I mean, or the G and the G, like the the PCI lanes those, those quick releases for the GPU like that's <laughs> especially if you use a tower cooler and then you have a chunky uh, uh, SSD cooler on top yeah, yeah. That, that would help I I would like it um, as part of our manifesto is everybody can, can embrace change right oh, yeah. so one of the problems is a lot of people want uniform standards. Which is actually the thing that locks you into never changing. Mm. But and I would actually like the community and everybody to embrace change. If we have to change ATX, if we have to change power, we have to change this. Maybe it's okay. You don't have to do the freak out about it. Maybe if Intel and AMD decide to closely integrate CPU and GPU a lot closer than we expect now, maybe you don't do the freak out. Right? Maybe maybe that's just if it's just the way it is to be better, then we do it, but you know, people have to be able to embrace the change, and people just can't. They're so inflexible now that if they can't use some case they bought twenty five years ago and some power supply from eighteen years ago. They start flipping over stuff because they can't use it. So maybe once in a while, it's okay to buy new hardware. Yeah, right. Every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. Uh, a couple more uh, quick rapid fire ones, and then uh, we're going to get out of here because we're. We're starting to go a little long. Um, uh, a friend of the show, Master Procrastinator, asks, uh, what's your favorite expression? Bonus points if it's another language and just sounds weird in English. Do you have a favorite expression? <laughs> By Jove. Good golly. What's an expression? I don't know. I, I mean, it's a, usually an insult, and I just I can't repeat it here because it's a family-friendly <laughs> show. <laughs> I think I could summarize it as go F yourself. It's probably... <laughs> okay. You know, I realize, though, I've been saying that for a long time. But that's like a Bill Burr line. The comedian Bill Burr's got a great podcast. He says all the time, like, did I steal from Bill Burr? But I swear I've been saying that way before he ever did. Oh, oh, well, you you like to talk about the uh, uh, the, the, the wheel, wheelhouse. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's a good a, expression. But I'm not a fan of that. I'm actually not a fan of the whole oh, wheelhouse thing. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's, it's so odd because the people who use it, are you like, and then some people think it's a baseball thing and some people think it's a nautical term and neither of the, both, both sets of people who often use that whole wheelhouse term don't care about baseball or anything nautical. So that's the thing that kind of bugs me. They just say it's because <laughs> it sounds cool, like bespoke. <laughs> bespoke. So no, I don't, other yeah. than go F yourself, it's probably, <laughs> okay. that's probably my favorite term. I, I do like to say that. Oh, so. a great Scott. That's a good one. Great. Yeah. Pow, right in the kisser. That's definitely a comic. <laughs> who says that? Is that a, is that a Superman thing? What was that? Superman's editor? Power right in the great Scott. Oh, great Scott. No, that's a uh, Scotty. No, 
No, no, he never said he that. But I, I swear to God, that's like Superman's editor. Uh, yeah. It's so funny to see like comic book era the the impact of newspapers, the Daily oh, Planet Do- and Doc the Daily Brown. Bugle. Doc Daily. Brown, oh, he did say that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear though, Superman's editor said that. Uh, here's the uh, Star Screamus. Uh, what's the most innocuous, dumbest, clumsiest thing you've ever done that resulted in hardware failure? Oh, hmm, actual death. Yeah, drop something, pour something on it. I've dropped things before. I dropped a prototype Falcon Northwest system. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, I have unplugged graphics cards while they were running. Memory. And I was showing Nathan Edwards, like, yeah, sure, you can't. Come on, just overclock. You can't damage. And I blew the board up immediately. So. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to think of what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely messed some stuff up. I can't I can't think of stuff off the top of my head. But I'm like, oh, crap, I just killed this. Oh, really? We yeah. did have a, we, I'm not going to say any names, but we did have a, a old video uh, a person who worked on the video team who was getting B-roll of a, a CPU. And then all of a sudden... The next time we saw the CPU, it just had a huge dent oh, right. in it, <laughs> yep. and the CPU did not work anymore. Yeah, uh, it was not me or Willis. I'm not, not saying that. Somebody years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Lewis Law asks, uh, "What was the first CPU you fried?" Huh. Well, I've never been a heavy duty overclocker at all because I'm too cheap. Um, I'm trying to think, actual fried. I think the only CPUs, I just think they're like, they would have been, it would have been a um, review sample that I would have blown up. And I can't remember which one. But yeah, I had blown up CPU review samples. But not my own personal gear. Yeah, I don't think I've killed a, a CPU. Uh, Liquid RS, uh, did Adam ever find that screw from the last build stream? Uh, Star Screamers asks, uh, did Adam ever play any games on his 7900 XTX? that I built on that last stream. Uh, yes, I have been gaming on it. Um, I got a... So, <laughs> to recap, I had a 7900 XTX that I thought was going to fit. I It was the wrong one, so I put a different GPU in there for, for a time being, and then I did buy a 7900 XTX that did fit in it. Um, and, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I, I've been I've been playing mostly Call of Duty on it, I guess. Huh. But, the, I mean, the thing's running. Uh, if, if if you want to see more information about temps and stuff, I actually did talk about it in Discord uh, earlier. But, uh, yeah, that 7800 X3D and a 7900 XTX uh, been pretty good. Uh, yeah. No, I had a couple questions. What, um, like, well, first one is, what what uh, tower case didn't fit that card? It was the Fractal Terra. Oh really? Is that a full tower, mid tower, kind of like? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Is it? I most because most tower cases will fit um, a graphics card. I'm just trying to figure out which. Well, actually, tower. that's not true. The, the Fractal North, which is a mid tower case, does not fit long GPUs. No. But what? Uh, I know. But what? What case did you have that problem with? The Fractal Terra. Is it a mid tower? Nope, that's small form factor. Oh, okay. And then the other question I have is, um, how's your experience been with gaming on Radeon? Because it feels like, and I don't know where this is coming from, over the last couple months, there's been this huge groundswell of anti-AMD sentiment based on driver support. And I don't know, it's it's it feels sometimes like the whole tide is flipped. Now everybody says gaming on AMD is terrible. It's just like, 
what I keep hearing now. It's like, what? You guys weren't saying this six months ago, but hmm. how's your experience been with well, gaming on it? First up, I, I was curious to see Idle Power because I remember last week, remember uh, J- Jared yeah. from uh, Tom's Hardware was talking about high idle power on his 7900 XTX that he was trying. I have not. It w- For me, in, my sy- in that system that I built, it's idling about 30, low okay. 30-ish watts uh, is, is, is what idle is at. So I'm not seeing on, on that specific 7900 XTX uh, that I'm running. Hmm. Um, I have had a couple weird issues in Call of Duty specifically where the like if I if I minimize the game and I and I brought it back, uh, there was like it was just like really choppy frame time hitches, and so I just had to shut the game down and and relaunch it. That could have been because my TV supports FSR, and maybe I didn't put FSR on correctly. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but it did resolve itself. I mean, once again, I haven't I haven't played a ton of games. <laughs> Most of it's been Call of Duty, uh, but no, I mean it's it's been been working good for me so okay. far. So I I don't I don't have anything specific to bring up at this point. So oh okay no, I'm just wondering because I mean honestly, uh, I have not actually gamed on an AMD GPU in a long time. I haven't, I haven't been doing much gaming in a, in a bit, but it makes me want to just try it because it does feel like everybody just wants to come out and. Um, kind of bag on AMD for drivers. And I don't I don't know if that's just the usual internet is just kind of down, so they just want to say something, you know, crappy about somebody. So could be. Well and yes, to to that point, I mean that was one of the reasons that I wanted to switch over to all AMD as well. So seventy eight hundred X three D, seventy nine hundred XTX. I did during the live build I actually did leave it up to people because there was a forty eighty that fits in small form factor. Um and so I was like, hey go one way or the other and the 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 chat it was like 64 percent was uh said 7900 xdx so i was like cool all right i I will try it i i I am i am curious to use it as my daily machine for a while Hmm. but nothing nothing really to report at this point i mean temps have been awesome like i i don't even i haven't even had to to do any manual uh fan tuning or undervolting i know i could save a little bit of heat that way but it also just hasn't been a problem so hmm. okay uh da, 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 da. man we got a lot of really good questions um oh yeah co- a friend of the show coffee asked a lot of really good questions uh so i'm just gonna cherry pick from from one of these um let's see uh what are some of the ai applications that the full nerd crew utilizes in their day-to-day life Gordon, I you use one very specific all the time. Oh, you mean NVIDIA broadcast? Yeah. Yeah, broadcast. <laughs> and For, also on the specifically big, the eye the eye tracking thing. Yeah, no, and it it does again, it works. It does kind of it gets a little odd, but it does lock on well. I also use I'm a big fan of uh the Topaz Lab stuff. Uh check that out. Um really advanced video and image processing stuff. Uh really cool. So what about anything non- non-hardware or non-pc related like a uh, chat gpt so you know it's cloud-based stuff or uh i mean even like ai assistance like you know google assistance i do have google bard on and i'm trying to figure out how to turn it off now i because i was just saying to mark the other day like mark hockman a reporter over at pc world i just want to turn it off because it feels like it's like a total waste because you you do the search and it gives you the result and it's the it's the AR result of like here's a generative result of your search, and then like, and then I it's like okay whatever this is baloney. I, I scroll down 
And immediately it's like, wait a minute. Like basically it's just copy and paste from the top result. Almost like almost like 90% of the time. It's just simply, why am I wasting time with this? Why don't I just do exactly what I did before? It's like I search for something. The first result, which is from a website where you assume a person has, has written a story or, or researched it. And all they do is just copy and paste like the summary of that website to the, and like, really? It's just like, and then there's a little bit of lag because you get the result, you, the result pops up and then a generative AI thing pops up. And then it's like, it's, it's a complete waste of time and it's a lag when I could just simply scroll two inches and read the results. So I'm, I'm like, okay, how do I turn this off? Because it's actually pretty pointless. Now. I'm, I'm very unimpressed by, by it so far. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to fire Bard. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, couple more here, and then we will get the hell out of here. Um, uh, Star Scream, friend of the show, Star Scream, uh, has any has the AMD or I'm sorry, has the AM5 Ryzen seven thousand CPUs stopped catching fire? Whatever happened to that, Gordon? I well, I mean that's one of the problems where it it felt even originally it felt like the freak out was way, way oversold by everybody because it was repeated and repeated and repeated. I mean, I don't know what the actual result was, but it felt like, you know, maybe less than a dozen that we know of. There weren't a lot of incidents. It didn't continue on. As we know, there are still incidents of 12 high power uh, melting. Looks like it's mostly with um, some adapters. At this point, I'm not seeing it elsewhere, but I'm not seeing a lot of reports of, the X3D parts uh, nuking themselves. Whether that's because it was all solved with, uh, you know, BIOS updates. Obviously, it was a it was a bit messy to get there, or maybe it was just a tempest in a teapot. I don't know, but it did feel like maybe it wasn't as big a deal as as it felt like. So that's why I'm like, the, you know, this is not a grand conspiracy. We're ignoring it, but you don't, you know, generally you you kind of watch to see what people are tweeting and writing about on Reddit and seeing if if they're saying it's still happening and people aren't seeing it. So I'm guessing that's why people aren't talking about it. So why it went away, I don't know. Was it not as big a deal in the first place or was it fixed by the subsequent BIOS updates? Uh, I will say on that, on my new gaming system, the 7800X3D, uh, I did install the, the latest BIOS, all the drivers things like that and i have been watching the um the voltage and yeah i mean it's yeah i'm not seeing anything crazy at least at least in the way that i was looking at the voltage which right. is very generic <laughs> so yeah um all right uh a couple more here um oh we, we did get a two uh what is that pound two pound super chat from space channel five Ooh, ooh la la love that um said we're all friends of the show here yes you are you are a friend of the show uh eternal duo way gave us five euros says since this is ask anything what skin gear what skincare regimen does gordon use he always looks good even if it's 11 even if he is 111 years old it's probably simply um the magic of internet youtube i use nothing in fact so i used to do uh we used to do build it's in the magazine previous magazine and the art director natalie would always make me wear gloves and it i didn't realize until later on that she made me wear gloves because my hands look like farmer's hands because they were just like it looked like i'd been like you know digging in a field and in an engine block and it's just my hands i admit i mean they're better these days but they're just 
I have really horrible skincare. So I would say it's actually the opposite, which if you think it's good, then that's the magic of the internet, I think. Uh, And I I can confirm this, but when you when you started working with us and we started doing hardcore hardware, it worked in your favor. Because hardcore skincare? hardware was yeah, because the oh. hardcore hardware was all about you know you in that basement doing some crazy stuff and you know just uh, right, but the yeah, same thing, so right? It, I mean, it worked for your hands to be all all uh, all messed up and. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, it's I've had many people comment like, "Wow, what is up with you? What do you do with your hands? Hardcore. Have you heard of this thing called lotion?" But no. <laughs> Uh, okay last one we'll get out of here uh friend of the show vc jester gave us five uh dollar super chat thanks so much said 67 minutes is up sorry mr mandela yes people need to quit being angry about change when it comes to the computer yeah like smaller pc cases and gaming with controllers no see that you know what i i don't understand i'm gonna i'm gonna correct the record here i have no problems with small four-factor machines I think people who build them and love them, more power to you. What I don't like is when people's like, there's absolutely no negative to this. Like, it's every bit exactly the same as building in a minute. That's exactly my problem. It's like, who, that's wait, who not says that? true. The people who say it, that's exactly, that's exactly the pushback. It's like, I have no problems with building small form factor. For me personally, I don't like it. I like to, like, I don't hate, I don't like having to wrench on this tiny ass thing cut myself it's just a pain in the butt for me if you like to do it great but i'm also going to say a bigger case is going to have better thermals more opportunity upgrades and that's just a simple fact a large an xl is bigger than a medium that's just it but yet that what happens when i say that people are like oh no 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 gordon on. what if i told you the temperatures on my 7900 xtx exact same compared to a large tower case wait, wait which 7900 xtx I looked up reviews and it was like, wow, that was no, no. The same Which submarine? Oh god, now I got to look it, up the model. Was it no? I mean, was it the one that didn't fit in your case? Was that the one? No, let's see. Uh, Is that the one that didn't fit? I just let's see. Right. Uh, I mean, I I'm so, I'm sorry. I just the, the bigger shroud one that you're referring to, which was during the live stream, was an Azrock version. The one that I that I bought. Uh, so how are the temps Sorry. on an Azrock card in your uh, small four vector build? It's the Sapphire Pulse was the one that, that I'm using right now. So, but the Azrock. But guess how what? Are the temps on that one. I mean, if it would have fit, it would have been the exact same. So why didn't you use it? Because it didn't fit. But you were talking about performance. No. <sighs> See, hey, like, Gordon, why are you no, no, saying no, no, no. people aren't saying Gordon, that? You Gordon, are saying Gordon, the Gordon. exact opposite no, 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 of what no, no, I'm no. saying. No, no, if no, you go, take go, that go. card and you put it into a big-ass case and you put a custom water loop in there with the car radiator mounted to the side of it, it's going to be better, right? Gordon, I've, I've never said that you can stick anything you want in a small form factor case. Uh, you can obviously, there are things that don't fit in small form factor case. If it's an ITX case, guess what? It doesn't fit ATX. I'm not I've, being, I've, never, I've never said it could. I'm not trolling here. I'm being trolled. I'm simply saying if you have a larger case, there's potential for better cooling. That's just a simple fact. It's physics, well, right? No, because I'm telling you a card that I'm using in a small form factor got the same exact thermals as a card in a larger tower. So you're saying that it's actually there's there's zero thermal advantage. To a larger case in a small four-factor build. Can be. 
So you're saying there's zero. I, I, I'm, I'm saying the card that I'm using, I cross-referenced, and it has the same exact thermals in this small form factor case compared to whatever tower they were using. I'm saying you if, can if, if you want to argue that guess thermals. what it's not it's not fitting. Oh yeah, well yeah, it didn't fit. So yes, you can fit a bigger card in a bigger case if you want to. But I'm saying the exact same card in a bigger case is not performing better. What about with your custom loop on that? Uh, I mean, I don't build custom loop on either. So, so, but but you're seeing what I'm saying here is you you're you can do a custom loop in a big ass case. Actually, you can do a custom loop in a small. Case yeah, too. you can. You've seen and optimum even, text videos. And I'm just saying, it's just look. I don't understand why we're even talking about this because it is simple <laughs> fact that more that a larger case with a bigger footprint is going to give you potentially much better thermal headroom. Right, that's just simple. That's just it's okay. Almost acceptable. like we should. It's almost like we should test it. I don't need to test it. I don't need to test it, Adam. I don't <laughs> need to test it. It's just like I, I, I could phase change it in a full size big ass case. Right. It's just you know what I, I'm not I, saying yeah. it's better. I'm just simply saying that's actually the truth. Right. No, but but you're you're saying that a small form factor case is going to be thermally constrained by the nature of it being small form factor. And I'm saying that is not the case. It doesn't have to be the case. And every time I throw an example of phase change or custom loop. Well, that, number one, I, once again, I have never built custom loop. So you'd have to talk to optimum tech for his, his small form factor that has a 4090 custom loop in it. And do you think, he would say that, yeah, if I put this with larger rads in a bigger case, I will get better cooling. So if the question is, can you fit more to get more out of a bigger case? The answer is yes. Yes. That's all I need you to say. That's that's it. Ca- that's, yes. That's it. Guess what? Small form factor cases are smaller than big cases. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's that's basically it. That That's <laughs> fine. And build your small factor. More power to you. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm saying a bigger case is better for cooling if you go there, right? I mean, it's just... No, a bigger case can fit more if you want to. I just, I don't even know why. <laughs> this is pointless. This is just, this is like... Actually, yes, Star Screams, we should get Optimum Tech on the on the podcast. That actually would be kind of fun. I, I'm sure he I, will I agree with I me. I don't know him personally. But you know, the thing is, here's the argument. Here's where it gets, here's where it gets, yes, yeah, you'll be able to get better temps in a larger case with more cooling. Good. Does it matter? Are you achieving 50% better? Maybe not. Are you achieving 10% better? Is it worth it? Isn't it better to have a small... And these are all factors in there, but the simple fact is if you're having data center size cooling, you're going to get better cooling, right? That's just... Maybe. We should test it. Actually, it would be good. Test. Anyway, yes, pe- people are, are are sick of hearing us uh, argue about this. Um, Eternal Duoa gives five euros. Thank you so much. Said this is just proof that GPU coolers are too big these days. Yes, I agree with you on that one. Gordon, would you agree with me on that one? I, I it's really I want to know. Like to me, what I want to know is how we got here and whether this is just simply part of the business decision, like where they just simply put the big-ass coolers on them and then 
because they expected a certain TDP and then they just didn't go back and change it? Or are they building for future headroom? Or it's just simply, it's just easier to do this. And then, frankly, people, if you have a big-ass cooler, people will think you have better performance, right? It's just like a like a dinky cooler without all the fancy stuff is not going to go like, why am I paying $1,000 for this? If I'm paying something that looks like it's as big as a as a cinder block, then it actually, it's weird. It's possible that the marketing potential for it may be what's influencing the size of these GPUs now. Actually, it was funny because, yeah, I was looking at, oh, what was it, 4060? I think it was 4060. Somebody, uh, sorry, I I don't have it on hand. I was looking on Newegg at the different versions, and, yeah, there are, like, single-slot, single-fan 4060s, and then there's, like, triple you know triple fan 4060s that are like two and a half slots and i'm just like wait that's the same exact card i'm sure it runs cooler but wow like but yeah. maybe not enough How to much? make a difference too because the I mean, I'm, I'm sure really efficient part. yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure there is a difference but yeah like i do wonder how much of it is just marketing of like oh wow you can only buy a 4060 but check it out this one's huge that looks cool right uh, yeah i do wonder if you're going in to buy a card and you're not you know you're maybe not the most informed buyer then you're gonna like the bigger cooler right because it looks better most people are gonna think that yeah no well i mean the one thing we did test recently was when uh keith and i were looking at the a770 i tested the reference version against a asrock phantom gaming oc i think is what it's called oh, sorry I, I can't remember the exact model but temps were actually cooler. I oh man, now I can't remember off the top of my head. But temps were like, oh okay, wow, like that's a, a bigger cooler. It was a, a you know a substantial difference. More you know yeah yeah. So anyway, but I mean, it, Arc isn't exactly as efficient as a forty series, forty sixty especially, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, okay, yeah, we should we should get out of here. Thank you to everybody. There's a a ton of questions, a ton of questions. Oh, you know what? So somebody says uh, that that we should do another Q and A. You know, maybe if if the if the summer continues to be slow, maybe we should do more Q and A. Because thank you, there's a lot of good questions. I wish we had time to get all to all of them, but guess what? I'm hungry, and we, we're going to go get some lunch. So, Gordon, why don't you get us the hell out of here? I remember Vapo Chill. Somebody was asking about that, but yes. Taking this out? Yeah, get it, yeah, let's do it. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please leave a review if you're on one of those services, because every time you do, Adam and Gordon argue about whether two <laughs> is more than one, and Adam will insist one is, is not. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Lanny Yee, who's left. Bye-bye. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Thank you. Once again, if you are going to be at LTX, come say hi. Come hang out. Uh, maybe I'll have some some free shirts to give out. Anyway, see you later. I forgot to cue up the music. And bye. <laughs>